Hey guys, welcome to Minefields. Joshua, Michael, and my best friend Colin. How are you doing over there, brother? Woo! Woo! That is a great way to introduce yourself. That's a great day. That's a great way to do it. I agree. I'm a little bit jazzed up. I'm kind of caffeinated right now. I got. I came back from a major. I know that we're all social distancing, but uh, I uh, I came back from a what I feel like is a pretty. It's just something I needed to do. Uh, I came back from a, a little bit of a trip, a couple of overnights away from home and uh i'm just really happy with myself and then i also realized that i'm probably gonna have to do it again uh there's more to donate i'm very excited about that guys uh i, I wanted to be as positive as possible without being uh obnoxious uh we're doing our best i'm in colorado um uh for, i mean i find myself in an odd position where my job is considered essential and uh it's the weirdest thing right now and I, I was telling you about it earlier, was that mm-hmm. uh, they're giving us a no harm, no foul. If we miss work, uh, you know, we're not going to get fired, but you might, we might get, might get paid. We're not going to get paid for that time if we decide, yeah. to, if we decide to self-isolate or uh, that sort of thing. Um, however, I have found the fact that I, f- I feel like people at work are taking advantage of it uh, because not only is it a ghost town, but it's not like I, – I, I feel like the, the percentage in my heart of people that are actually staying home – to uh, protect others, protect themselves, is minuscule compared to the people who are like, fuck it, I'm staying home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that bothers me because, and it's not like we're being irresponsible going to work. We're in an extremely controlled environment. They have cleaned the place. We've got cleaners there scrubbing door handles. Uh, they've moved everyone solid 10 feet apart. <clears throat> um, there's, you know, it's, it's very little risk in my opinion. But the thing is, is that we can still go work. There's all these people out there that are uh, shitting their pants right now that they're not going to be able to uh, pay their bills uh, in a week, tomorrow, uh, in a month. We have no long, no idea how long this is going to go for, and we have the opportunity to still be able to work. And I kind of feel, uh, I kind of feel disgusted by it. I mean, if we were work- if if, <laughs> yeah. we're, if we were working in a shithole environment and it was dangerous, okay, yeah, okay, that's one thing. Um, the other thing is is that uh, everyone's stuck at home right now. This is a great time to get caught up in some comics. Uh, I would honestly uh, encourage everyone to do their best to, especially if you're listening to this, obviously you're into comics. Um, otherwise, I don't know why the hell you're listening to it. Uh, there's a lot of great apps out there uh, that are dirt cheap. Um, the Marvel app. It's like it's like $8.99 or $9.99. Uh, even if it's just for a month, uh, you at least get a, a free week trial to just go binge some old school things you've always wanted to read. Uh, we want we're going to be doing some obviously because comics aren't going to be coming out for a while uh, indeterminately we have no idea. Uh, Diamond put a halt to distrib uh, distrib like I can't distribution distribution. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and hey man, when, when, uh, I got something to say about that, but let's yeah, carry on. Well, I mean, I mean, I want you to take over on that. I, know, I think you know where I'm going with that. Well, to me, I don't feel like it's a ma- like if they're doing the right thing. We're already subscribed to. You know, Marvel Unlimited and the DC app and everything else. It's not like we can't 
we can't, it, you know, we're getting digital material nationwide. We should be, we're all, everything's going to be digital for a while. Subscribe to these things, you know, put your money in and then go in and look at all of the old content that's out there. Uh, I definitely stopped by and picked up a bunch of physical copies of trade paperbacks and hardbacks and things that I don't have at my place. And I've got a huge collection. Dude, I brought all of my Daniel Close books back with me to read. I think I forgot Ice Haven, actually, because it was not the right shape to be on that bookshelf. But, like, I've got a huge array of stuff to read. Uh, And... I don't mind. I've never, I've like, I've never minded talking about older content because that's the thing. People don't always, you know, are you, are you going to go read Dr. Strange, the oath, unless someone says it's awesome. Are you going to go back and read like doom war or are you going to pick up the collected works of next wave or something like that? Or I dude, I got my strike force moratory. I can't wait to reread that. And I want to look for second and third volumes and everything. It's, it's all on these apps. Right. Pay for it. Get that material. You're going to love it. You know, you got an iPad. You got some kind of tablet. This is the way to do it. You can read it on your on your PC, on your Mac, whatever you want to do. Or your third party. I don't even know. Your uh, your your Westinghouse computer. I have no idea. But like... Um, whatever. Whatever. I'm just saying like it's out there. And if... if just because... Like what, what are people... What are comic book creators going to do while they're self-isolating? generate more content make artwork yeah exactly they're gonna collaborate they're gonna upload their material you know it's gonna get approved it's gonna keep going i don't know if the quality of certain things is gonna be gonna degrade by a fraction but it's not gonna be enough that we you know you you go to somewhere and you buy an indie book and you know what you're to expect just because something doesn't look spectacular i I don't even think that's gonna be the case i'm just saying it's going to be out there, and I think, that the, I think that the new content will continue, and it will be digital, and there is no reason to fear. I agree. You, I, I, I'm just worried that Diamond could collapse, which it probably won't. Uh, no I'm, way. I'm, I'm worried about the local comic book shops. Uh, hopefully, they're able to uh, get a, a good loan or, or some, uh, you know, the, what they passed today. I, I didn't read the full That's thing. That's to be concerned with, uh, yes. The full thing about how it's going to help small businesses. Uh, the other thing is that you know the DC app has uh, most of the DC movies, the cartoons. It's like $8 a month. Again, it's a free week first trial. Uh, what else? Uh, before I tell you this one thing, because I know you're going to flip out about it, uh, if, <laughs> if you don't want to read, uh, you don't want to binge watch, uh, hell, try DDP Yoga. If, if you're thinking that it's one of those things you can't get to the gym, you don't have any gym equipment, you don't know what the hell to do, you like wrestling, uh, obviously you're listening to that in some way, capacity, you like wrestling. Dude, yoga's awesome. You wouldn't believe how much I worked out just in my apartment. I've got my weight set here. I don't have, like, a bench. I thought I, – I, it's, it's a whole thing. I don't know if I have enough space for a bench. But I'm finding ways to get the chest exercises I want to do. And right now it's only a question of, like, can I get beats like, can I get beats to help to help deal with the uh, the swelling and stuff like that? And yeah. I had a long conversation with somebody about that. Like the proteins, get the food you need to, to protein to do the the exercise, the building exercises that Please. you want to do and stuff like that, dude. I, there's ways to do it. There's ways to do everything. Please, do. I am so optimistic about it, our lives right now. I, I'm doing my best to, to feel the same way too, man. I, and and I really appreciate that from me because you know I go to my my mind goes to dark places and you really help me with that. Uh, back to DDP real quick. Uh, yeah. A free seven-day trial, a one-month membership after that is 
if you do $39, it's three months. That's three months, uh-huh. 39 bucks, seven-day free trial. Check it out. It's It works wonders. It saved my uh, my hero, Y2J Kostryoko's career. Try that out. The other thing is, is if you're a Star Trek fan, obviously you're listening to this because you like Star Trek because that's what we do. Uh, you're about to pop. Today, Patrick Stewart announced that Trek fans in the United States can now watch Star Trek Picard for free or anything else you want to watch on CBS All Access on his dollar with the gift code GIFT. That's fantastic. Dude, I mean, what a great guy. It's. I know that if you guys have listened to us do uh, commentary tracks for Picard, you're going to hear me personally having some complaints because I feel like there are some missed opportunities and I feel like there's some rough edges and some things like that. But all in all, I'm really glad to have it and I really do like the show. And it's like seeing old friends. It's just disappointing that it's like old friends coming over and just constantly berating you because that happens to the poor man in every episode. Right. But I'm not saying that the episode, that the series sucks. No. I'm saying the, the at least, hey, God, I missed the 24th century, and we're seeing massive changes that alter things irrevocably for the, for the franchise. Like every show that they would do about the 24th century henceforth has to pay attention to these 10 episodes. They're critical. And that is gutsy. That's what I appreciate about it. So like what it boils down to is if a man if the man comes along and says it's free, dude, pay him the homage to watch that material or and if- enjoy it. And now and I think it'll be better binge watching it than us having to wait week after week after week wondering like why is it not moving fast enough. Yeah. I can't wait to rewatch it and see it click really fast and see how much I like it better that way. So uh me too. Man, that, yeah, that's gold. That's pure gold. And th- thank you so much, Patrick Stewart, for doing that. Yes, Sir Patrick Stewart. Get your mind, Sir Patrick mind, Stewart. Mind your yes. P's and Q's, buddy. Uh, <laughs> back to your comment about artwork. Um, one of my favorite things about uh, history uh, in studying uh, any time where there's a revolution or some mm-hmm. sort of uh, uh, you know happening right now or a riots uh, is the artwork. Is the artwork? Yeah, because that's when artwork gets good. Is when when fevered artists that have something to say get it out, whether or not they are uh, a Banksy or a Rembrandt or someone that has always wanted to do art, or because you see those blowhards all the time that are that are artists and their artwork just fucking sucks. Uh, <laughs> don't pay attention to those people. If you want to make art and you're inspired by this, you don't know what the hell to do. You're trapped at home and all you got to, to use to paint is uh, something completely that you wouldn't think you could use to make art. Use it. <clears throat> Have some fun. Because the art, the artists out there that are making the comic books you love so much that are inspiring you. I mean, we were talking about uh, uh, Adam Kubert uh, still or, or, uh, from Fatal Attractions earlier when Wolvie first popped his claws. That's artwork mm-hmm, to me mm-hmm. in, in so many different different ways. Do your art, do your writing, uh, don't sit down to write the great American novel, don't be threatened by the blank page, just sit down and free write and see what the hell comes out, or free yeah, draw. Yeah, like, it's like I always say, it's like I've heard a million times, it's not written, it's rewritten. Don't waste your time rewriting the same opening paragraph over and over and over again. Just get the content from A to Z, however long it takes, whatever you gotta do, write a little bit every day. And it doesn't have to be gold. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the, cough. The, the, other thing, <coughs> the other thing I would like to mention is now that you have the time, uh, don't be one of those uh, guys that I uh, – or girl, girls that I unfortunately think of as 
idiots that, oh, I don't read the news. Uh, you have to read the news. I see uh, you've got plenty of time to uh, devour. Go, go to go to the BBC.com. Go to Fox News. Uh, go to CBS. Um, go to CNN. Go to USA Today. Go and filter out because my, my point here is is that you have to filter out the the bullshit sensationalism mm-hmm. and try to because people are it's being written as sensationalist like guess what this celebrity did click here no no don't don't oh, you, yeah. train your eyes to to flip past that if if the news is depressing you then use it to your advantage look for the helpers like Fred Rogers says during times of uh, dissolution and 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 pain and suffering. Scour the news for for inspirational stories about uh, people that are doing their best to find any and all surplus they have to donate, to give food. Hell, I saw a photo on Reddit earlier where it was a photo of one of those, uh, you know when you're walking along in in a neighborhood and you see a little box that's like free library? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it was one of those, but it was filled with... No, stay away from those right now. That's not a good place to go. (laughs) This one was filled with toilet paper. Oh, that's... Now, it could be a trap. Get, <laughs> keep, get an axe. Yeah. It's a trap. What is it? It's a trap. Get an axe. That's what it is. Yeah. But, but even <laughs> then, look for the stuff that'll, like, go find the helpers to inspire you, whether or not you're going to go, you know, do some help or whatever the hell you want to do. Uh, just use the time to, to find some, some goodness in humanity, because we were talking about it earlier. Because just like in Dune, like you said, are you human? Or are you an animal? Are you going to sit at home like a dumbass and order dick after dick uh, on Tinder? Or are you going to do your best to prove yourself, read some, uh, figure out how don't to... Don't do that either. Yeah. Don't do that. That's, that's, that's coming into contact with other humans yeah, yeah. right now. Yeah, right yeah. now, the best, the best thing you should do is be, the people you're bunkered in with is, are the people you should be hanging out with. And uh, Yeah. I'm, Not... I'm hearing a lot of things from a handful of folks that I'm f- friendly with who are <sighs> complaining endlessly about the circumstances. I'm like, guys... If I was bunkered in with my boy, I would I would get a little exhausted. But like, man, it would be fantastic. Right. I would love that. Make, make, I, I, I've spent most of my most of his life not being able to live with him. It's just the circumstances are not set up for that right now, and so this is where I am. But yeah, make the make the best of your time. Um, the other yeah. thing the other thing is, and I'm, I'm not saying this to be lurid, uh, but <clears throat> uh, Pornhub right now is free if you promise to them. <laughs> If you promise to them that uh, the 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 the, I guess the good ones I've never seen the the expensive ones, uh, so the subscriber content <laughs> is free as long as you pledge to them that you're gonna isolate yourself. I th- oh okay I thought that it was free for Italy but whatever it, I don't uh, it, it I was got fr- away from it. it I heard that but I wasn't <clears> sure how true it was because I saw it on Reddit. But no, I, I've seen it with my own two eyes from actually from a friend who was just mentioning it. Uh, 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 haphazardly about it. I, I definitely didn't see it on, on my own. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, what, you got anything else to say, man? Because you've really got me in the jazz. I mean, uh, way to go with this, man. Because uh, minefielders, we love you. We want you to be safe. We certainly appreciate your, you subscribing and downloading and uh, telling your friends and uh, all that good stuff. And uh, we want you to be safe. And we can't wait to talk about the new comics when they come in. But until then, fret not. We're gonna we're gonna do commentary. We're gonna start doing retrospectives. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you what it is because I want him to steal our idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, but obviously, we're gonna. Uh, the, the one thing I do want to say is uh, we're gonna do Fatal Attractions for you. Uh, we're gonna break that down because uh, uh, it's 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 on the Marvel app. That way you can read the whole thing. 
Um, we can tell you why it's good. <laughs> As writers, obviously not just because, you know, Wolverine gets his automatium sucked out. You know, no, that's not why it was good. That's, it's, we're, we're 4,000 level uh, English uh, classes right now <laughs> for, for free. Right on. But we're talking <clears throat> about comic books. But yeah, you got me in the jazz, man. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about some comics. You got anything before we go into the comics? Um, let me think here. I don't know. Not really. No. I think the la- I, I I kind of laughed because I watched a movie last night that we covered last year. We watched. I rewatched Foul Play, which uh, is one of the. Oh my God! It's for Chevy Chase's first feature uh, after leaving Saturday Night Live and uh, starring Goldie Hawn. Uh, what? Um, oh, Dudley Moore. Burgess Meredith. Guys, if you haven't seen that movie and you're looking for a total romp, it's hilarious. See if you can find it on... I don't know if it's on any streaming services. If you've got it, sit down and watch it. Pull it out on an old uh, VHS or something. Maybe you got Betamax. I don't know. Give it a shot. It's hilarious. It's so much fun. One of my, uh, uh, one of my favorite things about Burgess Meredith is anytime he comes out on TV and I'm watching something with my dad and Burgess Meredith shows up, he's like, hey... You know that's the penguin, right? <laughs> yeah. It's who? The penguin. Oh, the penguin? <laughs> yeah. Dude, not only that, but he was also uh, Galobulus, the villain from Cobra La in the G.I. Joe the movie. No uh, shit. Yeah. Uh, acting opposite Don Johnson as my favorite G.I. Joe, Lieutenant Falcon, the Joe who had problems. Uh, okay, yeah. Gal- Galobulus. Was he that dude that was half snake on like green from the bottom <clears throat> down? Yeah, pretty much he was floating around everywhere. He was like a big buff dude with like a special over-the-eye type of yeah. uh, cybernetic organic eye thing. I know it's weird to say that. He's, I know they're an oxymoron, but like – and then he floats around and then he opens up that thing and he's half snake. Yeah, he, amazing. He's, he's the dude that fucks <clears throat> up Serpentor, right? Uh, no, he's not because he actually really appreciated Serpentor. He's the one that put the spores in Cobra Commander's face. Actually, that might have been Nemesis Enforcer. I'm just saying that he ordered it. He was the leader of Cobra Law. The three main Cobra Law characters were Galobulus, who was their emperor, Nemesis Enforcer, who was the winged one that never spoke. He was like Nan from Superman 2. And then uh, Pythona, who was the like sultry, form-fitting catsuit villainous. Oh, this pleases me. There you go. You just just throw that G.I. Joe to make me happy, don't you? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's all that Larry Hama action right there. Ah, wonderful man. Vietnam vet. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you for everything, Larry Hama. Mm-hmm. Um, no, let's hit it. Let's hit it. Let's go. I'm let's ready to it. talk about comics. All right. I'm so glad to we've got have a, had a nap and be this jazzed right now. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Fantastic Four number 20, Star Wars number 4, Batman number ni- uh, 91, Guardians of the Galaxy number 3, Falcon and the Winter Soldier number 1, Undiscovered Country number five, Marvel's X number three. Uh, what do you want to do first, brother? Uh, let's do one of these ones that we both read. Let's start with FF, I think. FF. Ooh, man. Uh, I've said it before. Say it again. Uh, I am a the biggest sucker for uh, a one-shot issue within canon storyline that's actual, like, this is, this is uh, last issue is 435, this is 436, and this is a one-issue story. And you didn't have to read anything else. You just know who the FF are, and you dive in, and it was badass. Uh, when it ended, I was like, wait a minute, it's over? Wait, did I just get what I wanted? Like, that was amazing. Like, thank you. <coughs> thank you. And it was like classic FF with a pissed-off mole man getting deuced. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Like no other, man. 
Um, what is it? But let's, let's talk about the Mole Man real quick. It occurs to me, after a certain fashion, there are characters that are villains that you can take seriously and others that you completely can't. Yeah. And <laughs> the Mole Man is one that it's just like, dude, it's amazing that you're like the one of the principal A-list FF rogues gallery bad guys. It doesn't make any sense to me. Because after after the 60s, it just it's, it's astonishing that at some point... The FF haven't completely shut down the monsters underneath us all uh, avenue. <laughs> yeah. It, like, at some point, the Mole Man, like, these characters, it feels like they should have been ultimately defeated, and there's nowhere else to go with some of these guys. You could say the same thing about a lot of Spider-Man villains. Like, why does the boomerang just keep coming back? Or, you know, I mean, some of them are more interesting, but, like, the Mole Man, that whole business... He is a side piece. He's the B plot to this one issue. <laughs> yeah, you know is. what I mean? Yeah, and he so, is. It's not even really about know, the mole man. It's about Johnny and his chick. <laughs> yeah, they come back. The, the FF have come back from space, and they and Johnny is, I guess, not exactly betrothed, but he is. You know the it's happening. Uh, the true love of this. Alien superhero who has the ability to talk to birds and discovers that she can talk to dinosaurs mm -hmm. because of evolution. Sky. And that was a cool reveal. How obvious. Honestly, it just makes makes so much sense. And then... Um, How much... Oh, dude, Wyatt Wingfoot. Oh, it yeah. is so bitching love, for love him, them to have brought him back. Thank you, Dan Slott. Dude, I was just about to say, how much <clears throat> fucking fun do you think Dan Slott had re uh, writing this? You've got to go back a long way to figure out who Wyatt Wingfoot is. And I've brought this up several times. I have a t-shirt that you brought. You figured it out. I have a t-shirt that I bought at Old Navy in 2008 when I was in, in, uh, in L.A. And um, uh, I think I bought it at the, yeah, I bought it at an Old Navy in Burbank. You're talking, and you're and talking. it has all of those faces of Marvel characters on it. And there's in, one in that humans. I was like, who is that guy? And you were like, that's from the cover of what? FF 48 or something 50, like that. 54. I've got a, I've got there a, you go. I've got a boarded poster. It's like one of those, uh, I got it from Ross for like five bucks where it's a print on like some particle board. And it just looks, that's insane. It just looks like uh, vintage looking and distressed. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at that right now. You were like, what the hell? Uh, yeah. Before we forget, Dan Slott writer, Paco Medina. Oh, yeah, there you go. Paco Medino, uh, Medina, artist. Uh, Jesus. Uh -huh. uh, Abertov. Abertov. Abertov, color artist. BC's Corp, uh, Joe Caramanga, our favorite. Nick, nah, I really like that uh, Pettit guy. Corey Pettit? Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm torn. Nick Bradshaw, <laughs> John Rush, cover artist. Um, I'm not going to mention variant covers because I just don't give a shit. I am sorry, guys. Yeah, I mean, if you like a variant cover, let us know, uh, and we'll make a point of saying something about it. And yeah. I know sometimes you get some gold. Like, you get some whack out-of-nowhere thing, and you're like, holy crap, that's a blah-blah-blah. Uh, like, a, like a work Mark of art. Mark Bagley or something. But I don't know. There, there's some, some, <clears throat> some out there right now that is a work of art. There's a latest, I think it's a latest issue of X-Men or Wolverine, where it's, like, impossible to find right now. Adam Kubert did the art. Where it's Wolverine standing there with his claws coming out, but it's uh, all the yellow in his uh, costume blends into the just flat yellow in the background. So he's just coming out of the yellow. It's gorgeous. Or if you That's find, red. or if you find something with a, a lost fish cover, or uh, you've got something like where they do a, a Frazetta. Like remember how uh, popped I, uh, how popped I, I got when uh, I got those uh, 
Magic the Gathering uh, com- uh, Commander uh, 100, 100 sleeve set that was a Frazetta, Vampirella, and Conan just because it was them. Oh, yeah, 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 completely. Yeah, but if, if you like something that glows in the dark or uh, just a, a, a Deadpool uh, <laughs> var- variant on a, on a, uh, on a Fantastic Four or you know, whatever Marvel comic book it is, let us know so we can let you know what decade it is. <laughs> uh, oh, it, yeah, so uh, what else you got to say about this? I'm, I, I was, uh, dude, go in. Let's 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 say you know, Paco Medina. Seriously, this is good art. This is this is pristine, crispy comic book artwork. This is cartoony with with uh, caricature. I love, but without being ridiculous. Without you know, it's. It's comic book artwork. It's not like cartoon. It's not watching Steven Universe or uh, Rick and Morty or something. Everybody looks like they're supposed to look. Everybody looks appropriately distinguished from one another. Uh, like you could look at every one of these characters and know your who you're who you're re- looking at, and that's something I really appreciate. Because when you get into some of those X Men comics in the early two thousands or something like that, it's like. Everybody looks identical. It's the same hair. It's the same bone structure. It's the same eyes. The same set jaw. Like Gambit is indistinguishable from Wolverine, except for beard or eyeballs oh, or good something. Point. It's just what good the point. hell? Like <clears throat> that's what I'm. That's my. That's one of my fiercest complaints about uh, particular artists. Was it Brian Hitch that did that? Uh, I, 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 I can't say off the top of my head, but I. I, know I don't know. And I then know. I'm going to say. When I was a lot younger, I just hated Mark Bagley, but when I started reading Ultimate Spider-Man, I fell completely in love with it. But he suffers from the same biz doing that, in that they all, like, you know, Gwen might look identical to Mary Jane, which might look identical to uh, Aunt May, excepting for hairstyle and what they happen to be wearing and stuff like that. And I was always really disappointed in that. However, I will say in the... Uh, Spider-Man through the ages that we read in the last um, last year, his his technique got just he's just still growing as an artist. I was really impressed with what he was able to do there. So I'm just saying, like, I really dig what's going on in this book. People look different from one another, and it's not all about their costumes. Now, so this uh, I, I'm just going to say the limit that this that that uh, Paco here is not limited by that. It's fantastic. It's not talking that's not heads. Even, that's not even a pun. I'm sorry. It's fantastic. It, it's it's not talking <clears throat> heads. It's it's so expressionist. Uh, when uh-huh. when um, well, I'm space right now. Uh, ben Ben Grimm's uh, Alicia is when she hears that uh, Johnny's got a soulmate and that look on her face, a blind woman, <laughs> a blind woman rolling her eyes. I mean, like that was, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was hilarious. Now I want a writer's workshop. Just spring this on you right now. I think the backbone of this particular issue was an exercise in relationships. This entire issue, oh, totally. This entire yes. issue is about the relationship everyone has. And I think he challenged himself to dance a lot to uh, challenge himself to to express loving relationships between every single entity in this entire book, mole men, uh, uh, Wyatt with the uh, the the mole men that defected uh, and, mm-hmm. and and accepting them into the tribe, um, uh, Sky making friends with the with the tyrannosaurs and the pigeons. Uh, I know I love the pigeons. Uh, 
Reed and Sue being like uh, the relationship with the kids. Like, man, this place looks great. Uh, so you did a really good job uh, cleaning this to almost the atomic level to hide the five yep. parties you had. Go to your Very room. Very clever. <laughs> Go to your room. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's still good to see it. Uh, I mean, like, it, it would be easy to write that Ben would throw a fit that Alicia wasn't waiting for him, for him when, he, when he came back. But he didn't. He understood. He loves his wife. Woman is my, my woman, my love of my life, is probably working really hard, and I'd rather her be there. So um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show up at her studio with food and drink and just smother her, and we're going to talk. And if she wants to work, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And and then obviously the relationship between Johnny and Sky, the race relationship between uh, him and Wyatt. When he shows up and he's like, "Hey, I thought I needed four of you guys," and he's like, "No, no, no! Like we can do this. Like we can take care of this." And then she, the, the uh, Sky's like, "You know, I, I was part of the uh, elite member of <laughs> uh, of of my of my planet or, or fighting force." And um, you you see the uh, dude. I really love the relationship that the natives had. With the um, uh, refugee moleman, like we, I really like that too. The, that that tri- this it's a made up tribe. They come off looking splendidly. I really appreciate that. There's this what archaeologist character that's that's an inte- intellectual woman, but oh, dude, I the the moleman wearing Western costume. Oh, that was hilarious. Kind of cracked me up. Yeah, it because was, it was like Jeff- it made me think of. Uh, <laughs> Did you ever? Uh, I, I, I really. Anybody, anybody out there, minefielders, have you ever seen the music video for from Sting for "I'm So Happy I Can't Stop Crying" that came out on his Mercury Rising album in like 1998? I'm gonna say that that album kicked my ass. I, it was a very important album to me at that time because I was really heartbroken over some stuff, and um, that song in particular got to me a whole lot, and I just really like. In the video, Sting is like riding through a little western town on a horse, and he's got the pompadour kind of the old style like western hair hairdo. And then there's mm-hmm. aliens that just come in and drive around, and they're wearing western wear. It was like early crappy CG, but uh, it, that's what it made me think of. And I know that doesn't have anything to do with it, but like it was just a weird thing that came to me. Well, uh, and I appreciate you sharing that, man, because like we got to know like. And guys, if you're listening, if you want us to give us a shout out, if you there's a record that you know popped you uh, when you're hurting or when you're happy, let us know. We'd love to we'd love to hear it. We'd love to watch what you you know what you're into. I don't give a damn what it is. I'll check it out. Uh, I mean, if we, if you got you if you got you to the right place, then it was worth it, uh, regardless of what it is. Uh, but just the last points I want to wrap up here for my end on Fantastic Four was okay. So if I'm Dan Slott and I'm writing and I want to really express how close the FF is. How they are to uh, how how much they mean to certain people. Uh, develop Johnny's new what a, what a great swerve. It, it's not one of those things like where it's like, uh, yeah, well, yeah. We, we gotta we, we gotta kill Captain America because uh, that's the best we can think of is to to really get people to read is to kill somebody. Uh, no, no, but but he wants to he wants people to develop the, the characters to fall in love with the characters. But at the same time, though, you can't just it, you can't just write a romance novel with the Fantastic Four. I mean, you can try if you can pull it off. Hell yeah! Uh, but at the same time, though, you need a baddie. You can't have a big bad baddie. Do- Doctor Doom can't come in in the midst of all this lovey doveyness. 
give him the D-list guy that's still kind of an A-lister because he's original OG Fantastic Four. Why not the Mole Man? We're going to kick his ass. It'll be over without a fight. <laughs> exactly. I really appreciate that they they basically swindled the Mole Man out of a real fight. And they they were using diplomacy and they were using communication to get there. It wasn't right. all about just a punch-up, you know... Uh, Johnny goes in and uses his flames, and he's like, "Oh, these have been too these ter- these tyrannosaurus have been too close to the Earth's core, so they're used to the heat, and um, uh, you know they're just really really tough, and like nobody's powers were really working on them the way they wanted them to, and then it comes down to the new girl who's just like, oh yeah, I can talk to these guys because they were they were birds. That's weird. Even and, she thinks it's weird and, and that and, they will eventually turn into birds. I'm sorry." The, the other thing I want to I want to mention it just occurred to me is that uh, Dan Slott threw in some. It, it's important as a writer to make sure that your artist is having fun or is going to enjoy drawing what you telling him what you're telling him to draw. Uh, what is one thing I know for certain every artist that is worth their mustard is drawing T Rexes. Everyone loves drawing. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves drawing T Rexes. I bet Paco popped when he was like, "Wait a minute, how many T Rexes do I get to draw?" Hell yeah! <laughs> like let's, let's let's do this. So he's got the artist into it. You get your partner uh, Jones in to, to do the to do the book, and all of a sudden we get a book that if we told you this is about relationships before it even came out, would you want to read it? Oh, precisely not. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that like I got to go back and look at the cover. Like I can't believe that there aren't like dinosaurs on it. Wait, good, good point. Good point. Well, there's the there's the the large claw, but like, what's that monster behind him? We don't know. But at it least doesn't make any difference. I mean, it, there's it, any number of monsters. They can just generate monsters like crazy for the uh, uh, for any for any number of FF books. I love I love <laughs> the fact that even though it, it's it wasn't a swerve in a cover where you see like uh, a bad guy that doesn't actually appear in the book on the cover, and you're 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 excited to read this, or, or you get. You get uh, bamboozled that you know what you saw on the cover doesn't actually happen. Okay, so there's not a giant monster lifting the mole man out of the ground in the actual book, but it still had the mole man. We see Wyatt, we see Johnny, we see um, oh god, I spaced on her name already. Um, Sky, Sky, uh, like yeah. that's basically what's happening. Yeah, this is this is the book. Like you know what you're getting. I, I yeah, we get back into that time with like we were I was, like I was talking about unli- or, or uh, Spider Man. Uh, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, and we got into a vein in the early 2000s, from maybe 2000 to 2004, where the covers did not necessarily correspond to anything that was going on in the issue. Where oh, you get like Joss Whedon's uh, Astonishing X-Men. Beautiful... Was it Frank Quitely? John Cassidy. Beautiful John Cassidy, John, John Cassidy artwork Cass- on those Cass- covers. Cassidy. Cassidy, Cassidy but like you didn't really know what was happening in there, more or less, because they were they were portraits basically. But um, now this this is a good throwback, dude. We have spent a ton of time on this. We got to move on. This is awesome oh, though. It was a good book, guys. Check it out. Real quick though, who do you oh, think one-offs. Alicia is? Real, yeah, uh, but before that, who do you think Alicia is sculpting? I was uh, gonna ask that question. I wondered if you wondered that myself. Uh, is, it looks like a very what do I say? A Kirby, a very Kirby esque Black Bolt. Uh, um, I thought about that, but it's not Black Bolt. Um, the, the 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 lines. I don't think the, that the, the I don't think that the fists work right. 
the jagged lines. I mean, it could be an elemental, this. but I don't know how she would have any idea what an elemental it, looks like. Good point. It's got to be something big because those lines, the, the way the lines go up and over, and those specific Kirby-esque designs. I'm thinking either Galactus or some sort of celestial or elemental. Great point. Thank you. Did I say it wrong? Celestial or elemental? You said elemental. It, it could be a celestial. I think it's. I think it should be a. I think I meant to say celestial or, or eternal. It, no, it's not an eternal. I mean, whatever it is, it's very Kirby-esque line work and. Um, the Fantastic Four car looks like a mini Porsche, a hover Porsche. It's kind of rad, yeah. Yep. Dude, so when we get into looking, when we're talking about Marvel's X here in a little bit, um, I'm going to bring up the Fantastic Car in that again. Cool. Anyway, yeah. Let's. Uh, what do you want to do <clears> next, <throat> brother? Oh, let's see. Why don't we jump into that one real quick? We talked about a really fun one. Let's talk about one that's authentically a little bit sad, and I know it's a little bit dark for where we are It's like society right now because this is about a plague unfortunately it definitely a pandemic uh this is a story by alex ross and jim krueger script by jim krueger artist well b well dash b w-e-l-l dash b-e-e i'm not gonna say i have any idea what that's all about uh letterer vc's cord pettit and definitely an alex ross cover um uh, this is Marvel's X number three, by the way. And let me say, okay, I'm going to break this down without like flipping through it. Basically, if you've been following along with this, you've got the little boy or little boy, you've got like the 10, 12 year old kid, David, who is the only person on earth that doesn't have superpowers. Something happened and everybody's got superpowers now. And, um... In the last issue, he encountered a very <clears throat> beaten down Peter Parker Spider-Man, and he encountered Daredevil, and they're looking after him, and they're like, we got to take him to Reed Richards and see what, see what the Fantastic Four can do for us. Well, they try to get Ooh. in, in this issue, Ooh. they try, try to get into the Baxter building, and they can't because its defenses are like at, you know, alert black or whatever you want to call it, and... Um, so they can't get in, and then Matt Murdock's like, I've got to go off and see if I can find uh, one way for us to get in there to do this. Meanwhile, Spider-Man's looking after David, and he says, you know, okay, well, we're going to go see Doctor Doctor Strange, because Doctor Strange might be able to help us out. So they go to the Sanctum, and Doctor Strange shows up in the uh, astral projection, and... He gives them some ideas on what they need to do, but he's like, yeah, I can't, I can't just, be, you know, like get you guys in there because every time you use one of those spells and you gain entry somewhere, you run the risk of having to go through multiple doors to other places and terrible things can follow you through those doors. I was like, that's a fantastic way to describe that. And it's an awesome gimmick for why Doctor Strange doesn't just pop in everywhere. And this isn't the kind... This is like classic Doctor Strange from the Silver Age. This isn't the, the movie, the MCU version, where they're using sling rings to just, you know, create circles of sparks and go places. That's very much just an MCU concept. Um, so I really appreciate going back in time to, for the characterizations of these characters uh, and making them feel very legit. It's so strange, it, another accidental pun, but it is so strange to read different takes on Marvel characters 
as they're depicted from one writing team to another right now. Because this is a very serious Doctor Strange from, like I say, the Silver Age, as opposed to the one we're reading in Surgeon Supreme or even anything that we've been reading in a long time, but uh, in the last couple of years. But, dude, the broken Peter Parker is still very hard to take. And it's really interesting because throughout the issue, David starts to recognize that, you know, as soon as Peter gets out and starts swinging around and being Spider-Man, he starts to come back and be the Spider-Man that David thinks he I'm, should be. I'm confused. Okay, so... Okay. Uh, uh, so this Marvel's X storyline is incorporating that one shot where Parker has a kid and he's missing a hand. Nope. And... No? Nope, nope. Not okay. at all. Not okay. at all. Uh, this is its own thing. Like, when you read... Oh, you know, I should have picked those things up while I was uh, in my... In my what I'm going to qualify as my major comics storage location at an undisclosed mountaintop hideaway. But um, actually, if I had a mountaintop hideaway, I don't know why I wouldn't be there right now. But uh, the this links to that work. Okay. And so it doesn't link to Spider-Girl... But or anything like that. But yes, Peter's daughter is her name is May. She's a little redhead, and Mary Jane has been killed in this horrible pandemic incident. Um, and he's a little bit older too. He's got gray on the sides of his head and everything. But uh, it's really just neat to see David fanboying a little bit with Peter and Daredevil and stuff like that. Because this is a kid who's lived in the middle of wherever, middle America, and now he is encountering his heroes in New York. And he thinks, I love this moment. At a certain point, he thinks he's going to die. And he's like, no, there's no way my life can be complete. I haven't met Captain America yet. And so... That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and just... So when, when, they're, when they're all split up towards the end and they're all trying to get back to... The three of them are trying to get back together. Um, this monster with a lion's head comes out of nowhere and scratches... Spider-Man, and it, it's, it poisons him, and it KOs him, and uh, it knocks him out. And then he captures David. <clears throat> Peter wakes up a little while later and realizes, oh my god, that was Craven. Craven was a regular man who was imbued with jungle powers, but that doesn't mean he was superpowered. And so now his superpower is that he's mutated into even more of a hunter. And this he's half man, half lion. This pleases me. I hope they steal it. Oh, God. I, I hope they steal it's, that idea because the rumor is that Craven is going to be the major baddie in the next uh, Spider-Man movie. I would totally go for that, man. I, I, it'd be a lot less like fantastical and out, over the top than the last one was. And the idea that someone would be running around hunting Spider-Man while his identity is compromised, freaking great. Dude, there are so many great Craven stories. And when we talk about characters that you can take seriously, I got to say that Craven flip-flops across the line. Like, you go back and look at, here we go again, Ultimate Spider-Man, and you've got, like, Craven being a reality star uh, as, like, I'm the greatest hunter and blah, 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 and he's got a reality series, and he's like, I'm coming to New York, and I'm going to go after Spider-Man, and the Ultimates show up, and they're like, uh, you're trying to commit a felony like abduction slash 
you know, assault and battery or whatever. That that was hilarious. They just shut him down before he can ever get close to Spider-Man. And they just take him into custody and blah, blah, blah. I thought that was awesome. Like, because Kraven is somebody you have a hard time taking seriously based on his costume. But, like, he is an amazing figure. He's an amazing character. I like so, that he's I like that he's Ruski and not painted in a commie pinko bastard fashion from the beginning. I know. Like when you go in and exactly, he just happens to be Russian, but it's not like he he was the Crimson Dynamo or yeah. the Black Widow, which they really did go for it in that aspect, but then they got Actually, you know, they didn't even push the Black Widow so hard because she'd been in the US working with Hawkeye for so long. So Good that point. was kind of wacky. I implore you all to while you while wait, pay for the app, go back, read the earliest Iron Man stories incorporating Black Widow and Hawkeye, you will you your you'll your mind will be blown. Also like you won't you just be holy crap, you know. Also uh the uh the Black Widow series from 2014 is on there. Uh, <coughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, during the the Marvel Now thing, uh, while you're <coughs> while you're looking at, well, I need to see if they've got the uh, the sisters. What are they? What are their names? Um, oh, the Soskas. The yeah. Let me see if the Soskas are <coughs> there. Uh, let's see, Black Excuse Widow. Twenty. Oh my gosh! Present. I fell asleep with my door open earlier, and so the allergens got in. I'm sure of it. Uh, or I could be sick. I got no idea. We'll see. I'm just gonna stay home now. Uh, one of the one of the things I most appreciate about this issue is when you when you finally realize you realize that it's Craven that's the baddie before Spidey realizes it on the last couple of pages, and one of the things I most appreciate is that he takes David downstairs into his lair and he has a mummy. He has one of the monsters from Monsters Unleashed. He has a giant moth. He has Frankenstein's head in a jar. He has Sauron in a jar. He nice. has one of the blood brothers. Like, these are trophies he has collected. Does he have any vamps? These are monsters that he has gone around and defeated. Uh, okay. And the, so- point is, the point is that David is the last human. And so he, is, he has captured him. He has hunted him and captured him. Okay, so I got And then... There's a huge reveal at the end of this that I don't want to give away because I want you to read the freaking books, guys. This book, three issues in, has never once let me down. It is full of surprises. Just get it. Just read this freaking book, guys. Anyway, what do you got? What's your questions? A couple of questions. Uh, well, first, a statement. Uh, the Soska sisters, uh, Jen and Sylvia Soska, their, black, uh-huh. their entire Black Widow series is on the Marvel app. Get okay, check it. that out. We went get, nuts get, about that last year, guys. Get to it fast. Number two, what do you think the point is in all this uh, revisitation of classic Marvel presented through eyes of Alex Ross? What do I think is the the reasoning behind it? Yeah, is, is, is this a fun exploration into where things could have gone? Uh, or it... Oh, I mean, this is another, I'm not going to call it an else world. It's a what if, or it's a, uh, it's an alternate reality. See, but, now, uh, now I, I I'm appreciate I'm not going to call that. it an else world because that's a DC thing. But Right, right, right. But it, it, but if you say it's an else world, or if you say it's a what if, it immediately makes you write it off that it's not important. But it sounds Dude, like this, this, this is Some of the important. best, that's the, that's the thing about Marvel Comics, guys, is that what, whatever you're doing, whatever you're reading... Whether it's whether it is in the main continuity or not, 
at any given moment, it could be characterized as an alternate reality. But we know, we know that, like, Marvel's is more or less something that does not happen in the main continuity. Right. Even though it absolutely could have and should have. It is too, it is too rich not to. And then you get into other stuff like, um, oh, I'm not going to say, you know, some of the... I'm, I'm having. I'm, I'm just drawing a blank right now. I'm just saying there's plenty of stuff out there. Like, does Battle World actually happen in the main continuity? Yes, it's a rewrite. It gives you. It it lets it lets them rejigger the entire Marvel Comics universe so that they can say this is a new launching point, like Heroes Reborn, or like uh, anything that happened before that, or when Iron Man. Oh, who was writing it? When Mike Diodato was doing Iron Man in 2008, we're just going to revamp it and say, just like in the comic book, or in the, in the movie, you know, oh, he was in the desert. He wasn't in Vietnam when he got the shrapnel in his chest and blah, blah, blah. He was in Iraq or Afghanistan or someplace. Like, things get retconned all the time. And it begs the question, well, is this still what I've been reading? Hmm. Well, yes, it is. It is, essentially. But at a certain point, it feels good when there is a major cross-title promotional event that says, no, this is the new launching off point. If you were sick of Thor being King Thor, he's going to be the Thor you always wanted, and he's going to be operating with Iron Man and Captain America because that's the way it should be, and that's the Avengers. You know, but, like, at a certain point, it's like, how far do you get away from... What it really is. Why does Alex Ross want to do this? Because he has a kick-ass ownership on this. And this is his story. And, like, if Jim Lee was going to come back and do, do uh, um, X-Men, would you say no to that? I, I'm not saying no to this. Uh, that's not what I'm, of that's course not not. What I'm saying. I'm just I'm, offering the concept. I know yeah. you wouldn't. I know a yeah. lot of people wouldn't. <laughs> You know, a lot You're of people would just right, be like, okay, dude, I, okay, you know, Jim Lee's here doing Spider-Man or something like that. Dude, or I would. Todd McFarlane or whatever. Don't do if that If these to guys me. came back, it'd be like, hell yeah, give them the reins. Let them drive for a while. Let's see what happens. Dude, you know? if, dude if, Todd, if Todd was redoing Spider-Man and doing a six-issue limited series in canon, getting to write it, getting to draw it, getting to ink it, pages are for auction... And his only appearance was in Somalia. I would be there. <laughs> I, I would be there. Same thing for Jim Lee to a lesser extent. Absolutely, and Mr. Ross, if you're listening, uh, I hope you are. It'd be great if some awesome people were listening to this. Uh, well, not that you mind fillers aren't awesome. I'm saying that everybody's the, awesome. The creators, Calm down. The, 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 creator, the, the, the creators. I'm saying that, like, Mr. You know, I wouldn't. I'm not downplaying this. I'm just. I, I wanted you to tell the listeners why we should listen to it. Now, my third question. Is are you not getting tired of how misused Doctor Strange has been in the past three four years? It seems oh, to me. Oh no! It seems to me. It, it it's seems, never the same thing. Well, it seems to me that nine out of ten times you see Doctor Strange, apart from actually reading his own book, which I feel has very little impact on the actual uh, canon Marvel universe. I'd like to see it bleed into other things, the way Spidey stories do, the way Fantastic Four does. Uh, it seems to me that nine out of ten times that he, uh, Stephen Strange is he's showing up in someone else's book going, 
what the hell are you doing? Or yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> like like he's in he's in Dark Avengers right now. Like, uh, what are you guys doing? Uh, you guys really no, okay? Be, you really shouldn't be doing this. Or uh, Johnny Blaze, <coughs> you want to explain to me what you're doing with Mephisto with my with my uh, prisoner? Um, and then the fact that when you read a Stephen Strange book, um, it feels like it feels less impactful. Not that it's not as exciting. I just feel like he. I just feel like the powers that be in Marvel are not taking him as serious as they should. Okay, um, what I'm going to say about that is two or threefold. He is an extremely popular character right now because he's only had one movie out, and I think it kicks ass. And then he has showed up in the other movies and done major shit. And he's being performed by a massive A-list actor right now. Um, Agreed. That's a big part of it. Why wouldn't they make him pop up everywhere? Everybody wants to have a crack at him now. And he's not one of those guys that you can really screw up that bad. There we go. Also, unfortunately, unfortunately, he is another Tony Stark. Because, you know, go back and look at the major plot points from Iron Man to Doctor Strange. It's an, it's an extremely wealthy guy who has, who is a, a super genius, who is the top of his field, whether he wants to be there or not, and who loses it all, has to reinvent himself, comes out of it a, a superhero, and learns a lot about himself and how he was a prick and has to get over it, you know? And then he also has to deal with the fact that he's got a way better woman in his life than he is a person. And can he get her, can he not, will he get her, does it matter, etc. So what it all amounts to ultimately is that the idea of utilizing him isn't something that's going to get screwed up. They're making him into kind of a wacky guy in his own title right now. Yes, he's going to save the world. Yes, he's going to save our dimension. Yes, he's got all the power and the responsibility. But he is also... um, He's also somebody that we have to give him a hard time because he's got the porn stash. (laughs) we got to give him a hard time because of his costume. Like, people give him a hard time and they just don't even realize how important he is sometimes. The characters in the universe seem to not take him seriously and some people are like no we got to take this seriously so we got to call doctor strange that's it that guy knows what's up you know it's it's a massive variety of who's going to really like pay him his appropriate due now uh, yeah <clears throat> now uh, uh that's all i really have to say about that is just just question it cuz I, I i feel like he's doing cooler stuff in other people's books savage avengers uh avengers oh, yeah, completely Ghost Rider. He's the guy you ought to go to when... He, okay, if, if let's say there was one mainline Marvel TV series. Doctor Strange would be a guy that you would want to bring in with a massive actor with a lot of gravitas and who would show up every so often to tell the audience, oh, we need to take this seriously. You don't want to waste him. You know, and then that's what they're doing in other books. He he's the guy. Okay, if if you think that Wolverine is in every book, there's no physical way that Wolverine can be in every every story. Doctor Strange conceivably could because his power set allows for the probability of that. 
And that's something that I can appreciate because it makes too. sense that he could be everywhere at once. He could be in every story, handling everything, and it's just a matter. That's what I most appreciate about his book for the last couple of years is that every time he uses his power, uh, he is just creating a bigger, more massive debt that he has to pay later. And that is what so much of his storyline has been for so long. He had to pay the debt. He didn't, and then he goes and he tries to deal with it, and he loses a lot of himself in doing so. But then he's got to rebuild and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, there's a whole lot to say about Doctor Strange, and that's not even what this book is about. But Right. Sorry. I, I dig what you're saying. No, it's a really great point. Now, uh, before we get to the next book, I was going through my library and my Marvel <clears throat> app, and I just wanted to say uh, a couple of the stories uh, that if you guys are cooped up and need something exciting to read that's really going to you know, grab you by the boo-boo on this one, uh, to borrow some parlance from Cheech and Chong, uh, was some of the, some of the lesser-known stories. Uh, for example, the Beauty and the Beast story uh, from 1984 starring Beast and Dazzler. It's a four-issue series. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, that one is, it's not the biggest story in the world, but it, it really hits you hard. The Extinction Agenda story, uh, from back in, uh, wow, uh, early 90s, 91, uh, starts in X-Factor number 62. Oh, no, not 62. Uh, that's one of the ending ones. I'm looking at this, trying to squint my eyes. Um, I really dug the original Spider-Man line that, uh, McFarlane did on just Spider-Man, not Amazing Spider-Man, uh, like Torment, that those sort of stories, like and the second series where uh, he's with Wolverine in Canada, um, looking through this. The the Claws one and two by um, oh right J- Joseph Lindsner, Ma- Lins- uh, Joseph Michael Linsner, mm-hmm. uh, the Punisher in the Nam. Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Maximum Carnage. If you guys want to know what Deadpool can really be like if he's written well, the Daniel Way storyline that started back in 2007 or 8, back during Dark Reign, the Wolverine and Gambit Victims by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. That that was a great four-issue series. The Jim Lee storyline that he did in Heroes Reborn, those ones really hit me hard. The line of Inhumans that Jenkins and Jay Lee did. Uh, back in '98. Oh my God! Yes. Mm-hmm. Back, uh, we talked about Marvel Boy already. Obviously, the first issue we did was the entire run on uh, New X Men uh, with uh, Morrison and Quitely. What else do we have here? Oh, the Spider Man Blue, the Captain America White, Hulk Gray. Uh, oh, those are all good. Like, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Again, uh, ones that will really hit you hard. If you want true mutant nitty gritty. Without being full on Morlock, all the uh, No Way Home. It's spelled N Y X, but they mean it No Way Home. Uh, the first series, uh, issue number three, is the first X twenty three where she's a prostitute. Um, yeah, speaks very little. Uh, House of M. Oh man, that was House of the whole House of M storyline. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. That follows, of course, Avengers Disassembled. It all stems off of. Scarlet Witch saying no more mutants. No. Or no more. No more mutants. Is that what no more mutants. Yeah, she that's, said no more mutants. That's it. And Yeah. That's it. Uh, winding my list down, uh, if you really want to buckle down and get educated and are dedicated to do it, read the entire Mark Millar Fantastic Four run. That will hit you hard. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, and last but not least, 
Uh, Big Hero 6. Started in 2008. Chris Claremont. Plot. Uh, so Good luck finding the what was it? What was the uh, the book that that revealed that? Or what was the first appearance of Baymax and those characters? Big Hero Six. <laughs> was that it? Okay, yeah, yeah. Like you can find issues of that. There's a probably on a wall at a comic book store. But if it's available for download, go now, for it. Now the old ones from the '80s are hard to find. But what? I didn't know that's when it came out. The the new one that came out in 2008 is. Impossible to find, and uh, have fun with it. Uh, oh, five Ro- <laughs> five Ronin by Peter Milligan. Oh, that was so good. A Wolverine storyline. Oh, that was so delicious. Uh, We're, you're going to have to write all of this down for everybody and list it. Uh, nobody's <laughs> nobody pulled out a uh, either. Yeah. That's fine. They it's going to be a whole thing. No, they can rewind it. And of course, Superior, <laughs> superior Spider-Man. So, sorry to go on such a tangent, but I uh, I, I just uh, I really appreciated the the jazz you got me on. And if you want to read what I think, that's you know kind of in my little storyline here of uh, in my library of shit I've devoured and on the Marvel app which is in the hundreds it pays for itself within like the first like three four books you read um, <clears throat> yeah go for it go for it uh, what book do you want to do next man uh, sorry to I feel like... Oh, dude, I went off on a massive thing. Dude, hit us up. I've been been chatting it up for a while. I I feel like it's dangerous for me to utter a couple of phrases. Doctor Strange. Adam Warlock. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I'm not that hot on Adam Warlock. I'm not going to say I haven't read a bunch of stuff. Stop. Actually, now I'm remiss. I should have picked up my Marvel Masterworks of that. Just stop. (laughs) Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like I said, it was dangerous for me to just say it. <clears throat> just to say it. Uh, let's talk about, okay, Batman number 91 right now. Let's pull this bad boy up. It was a lot of fun. It's an interesting storyline because there's a new baddie. Let's pull up this asshole's name. Do, 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 Batman. Going through my stack here. Where the hell are you? Batman. Batman. Is he a... Uh... It's it's a brand new guy, or is it something that's been around and they're bringing him back? Brand new guy, but he's got a hood on, so I assume he's someone we already know. Uh, Batman number 91, against the threat of a Jokerized Gotham City Police Department. Guest starring Harley Quinn. Uh, oh, yeah. Feigning <clears throat> jerk motion. God, <laughs> God, the artwork in here was absolutely detailed, delicious. I mean, they really poured into this. Uh, the backgrounds of the bar that Joker's sitting there having some shots at. So, uh, let me pull up this guy's name. It starts with a D. It starts with a Q. Uh, no. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the... We are confused. It's like the Discoverer. God, I'm flipping as fast as I can, guys. I'm so sorry. I feel ill-prepared. You put me on a... Let's see... He's, oh, it happens sometimes. He's got a he's got a <laughs> white hood on with a like Cyrillic D, cal- calligraphized D on his face, and a a big cowl of of like white Craven esque hair around him. And he's got the Victorian style cowl and a tie and some beads. And he's got the shoulder pads like he's from the Legion of Doom without the spikes. Uh, he is he basically uh, I mentioned last time we talked about Batman. Uh, a couple years ago that we didn't ever know he ha- it actually happened, this guy showed up and uh, with his magical floating house on the Gotham Pier and uh, invited Catwoman, the Riddler, uh, Penguin, and um, Catwoman and the Joker. 
mm-hmm. and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, uh, I got a got an idea here. Let's. Um, I'll give you whatever you want, and let me, let's let's talk individually." And it starts out breaking down. So this, if you've missed any Batman that's going on right now, this is the perfect way to pick it up because Joker. Uh, rather than the last week on Batman, uh, you know, quick paragraph, Joker breaks it down in his own particular way, telling you what was offered to them. Uh, Penguin comes in and says, uh, uh, "What I want is to um, be the be the king in the sense of, of crime, and he's given uh, the finest killers in the land. And Catwoman wants, uh, you know, all the jewels, and so she's given the means to." get all the riches and the second crooked man was a mad crooked man he said he wanted to be the wisest man in all the kingdom so the devil gave him a crooked game to play with the greatest scholars in the kingdom which would kill each of them in turn until he was the only wise man left and finally the jester shows up and uh asks he's asked what he wants and uh with no wiser powerful wealthy men left in the sea left to stop him he's talking about the joker um, about the penguin but in time, it was a jester's turn, and the devil asked what he wanted more than anything in the world. And the je- jester said to him, I want to be the devil. And then he killed the devil. And he's just burning this beautiful artwork he did on a cocktail napkin as this poor, terrified bartender is <laughs> is staring at all his, uh, all, all, everyone in the restaurant all tied up and beaten, hoping that the Joker doesn't kill him because the other, uh, the other uh, bartender is laying at his feet dead. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, trying to scroll through what this guy's name is. So Batman has figured out uh, because Selina Kyle told him what had happened, and he knows that this guy is going after everything that he's ever, you know, everything that Bruce Wayne has. And mm-hmm. Catwoman's pulling a swerve. She's going to figure out a way to steal everything before anyone can get to it to take it from Wayne. And she's got this. She's got Harley Quinn with her, and the Gotham City Police Department's been Joker gassed. They're pretty much zombified. Their mouths are oozing the, uh, uh, you know, just that. It looks really Greg Capullish, the the particular okay. scene, where it's just poor, green slime and mist is coming out of their mouths, <clears throat> and their eyes are shining green. What is this asshole's name? Talk to me about something while I scan this as fast as I can. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, I dig that. Like, the, the the idea that they're all sick with the Joker gas is a nifty thing. It makes me think of Batman from 1989. Uh, I don't know, dude. It's been a long It's been a long time since I picked up any Batman. I, I did read Batman R.I.P. by Grant Morrison. So, But that was freaking ten years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Longer than that, even. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, came out in uh, 2008. So we got Riddler. 2008. Oh, man. It's longer than... Yeah, longer than... I'm kind of surprised right now how long ago 2008 was, but... Yeah. And uh, how frequently the, the year 2008 has come up in this evening's work. The reason why the guy's name is hard for me to remember is because it's so asinine. He's the designer. <laughs> He's... Oh, well, you know, is he Reed Richards from The Ultimate Reality? He's uh, the maker? I'm worried that it's <laughs> going to be one of those stupid things that, well, even then, like, well, I didn't think it was stupid, but when Grant Morrison, uh, after R.I.P., and the, the best part about R.I.P. was that it ended, and that we got into an awesome storyline written by quite, uh, written by Morrison with, uh, uh, uh Quietly, uh, dr- uh-huh. drawn, by, drawn by Quietly, where it's Dick Grayson as Batman and uh, Damian Wayne is Robin, and uh, the, the 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 bad guy is Mister Pig, and he's got this pig mask, and he 
dissects people and he puts the pig mask on them and they become, you know, his disciples and ended up just being the Joker the whole time. Um, oh, yeah. That's what I'm worried about. And obviously it's probably not. It's going to be one of those things. I mean, uh, Deathstroke, the designer, uh, he's having a... Batman's having a knockdown drag out with Deathstroke and then they're, they're fighting to the point of almost dying and... The designer comes out on TV, all the screens that are in Gotham City, and like, oh yeah, Deathstroke, you're fired, and Deathstroke realizes, well, I got a team with Batman here, and all the Gotham PD are showing up, and Riddler has revealed himself to still be alive, and still hasn't shown his cards yet, so uh, I'm excited that this is probably isn't, I hope it's not a full 12 issues, I think this would be a good, like, maybe 6, maybe 8, uh, I, I'm not too impressed with it. It's, it's okay. The artwork is good. Uh, I'm spacing, man. Did I read the Did I read the credits? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I'm spacing. I just, it's it's hard for me to pay attention when it comes to certain Batman storylines. You, you were way too uh, excited about trying to come up with the name of the villain. <laughs> yeah, the artwork is phenomenal. Uh, James uh, Tinian the Fourth. This guy is writing a lot of great books right now. Uh, Raphael Albuquerque, uh, he, of course, did, uh, American Vampire with, uh, Stephen King for Vertigo back in the day, uh, Jorge right. Jimenez and Carlo <clears throat> Pagulayan and Denny Mickey are the artists, obviously Mickey Pangolin? Was Pangolin? Yeah, maybe, that's how you say it, um. Pangolin? P-A-N? No, Pagulayan, Pagulayan. Pagulayan. So, uh, Denny Sorry, Mickey. guys. Oh, sorry, minefielders. Sorry, creators. Anybody who might be listening to you, we are butchering the bejesus out of names. we got to stop, like, once every three months and just really apologize for that. Yep. Uh, Denny yeah, Mickey. Not everybody's, Den- not everybody's Mark Bagley. I'm thinking Denny Mickey did all the inks because the inks in this are gorgeous. I mean, they are cool. so thought out. And the way the perspective is done. I mean, only... I mean, Mickey's just one of the, the true inking champions watching batman just throw down on the top of a batwing with deathstroke like that like that was so much fun uh i really should have cut that down but i need you to buy me time to find that damn designer (laughs) (laughs) just just uh get the designer's name uh i do want to talk quickly no no let's do star wars number four let's do that quick because there's not too much to say about it I'm gonna pull that up. Uh, quick. Yeah, man. Let's see here. <clears throat> All right. So what? Star okay. Wars, Star Wars number four. Charles Soleil writer, Jesus Saiz artist, Arif yep. Prianto and Rochelle Rosenberg colorist, VCs Clayton Cowles letter, uh, R B Silva and Guru EFX cover artists, and uh, not bothering other with variant it. covers. Yeah, not bothering bothering with this. Not that the art doesn't matter, but I, I just. <clears throat> I'm not buying into any variant covers unless it's it's like exceptional, exceptional and worth the extra twenty bucks at the Iron Line because they'll they'll get them for you, man. Those guys are rad. Yeah, dude. Okay, we talked about covers matching the material in the book. <laughs> this is not what you're gonna get out of this no. issue. I don't care what the variant covers are. We've got Darth Vader looking at Princess Leia frozen in carbonite. We yeah. I remember we finished the last issue and we were like, what? What? Why? Why is Leia getting frozen in carbonite? Come on. At least she had a reasonable explanation at the end of this issue for it. I'm, I'm but 11... I'm still tacitly convinced, you know. 
There were some fun aspects to this. Uh, this was riddled with uh, stormtrooper incompetence. Um, oh my god! Yeah, it, it was. Ri- I mean, that was the fun comic relief. I think the payoff here was the introduction uh, introduction of uh, Lobot, uh, Lando's buddy that he's there to quote unquote rescue. But you know that this guy is something that Lando wants because, I mean, like they're, they're doing their best to build up Lando. I mean, like in the movies, the only way you could like Lando, uh, even after he's flying the Millennium Falcon, wearing Han's clothes, ah, he destroys the Death Star. Okay, we'll like you now. But Death Star Star 2 has not exploded yet. We've got some time to to get to like you. Um, Good point. I really dig that aspect of it. I, I like that. There's no reason why they would like him or trust him for a long time. He really has to prove himself. And I think that the real opportunity for him to prove himself is once they do rescue Han, which is clearly going to be a while in coming. Um, but yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. The artwork was good. The, <clears throat> my my only gripe was the when Luke is reaching out and rediscovers the Force and it starts working for him again. Is that splash that double double page splash page? Where yep. it's the the floating heads, Emperor Ben, Vader, mystical person coming into the water with the with the lightsaber, um, Leia reaching out to him. I, like, it was not a well constructed uh, splash page. Like it's not that I didn't know where my eyes to go work for my it eyes. It lacked go. that Kirby slash Steranko psychedelia that might have been necessary. To make this do what you're asking for, I totally agree. But at the very least, I appreciated the uh, the idea that he was seeing little snippets of the future. You know, uh, agreed. Now, this could have been the artist's first big uh, foray into a, a splash page, or maybe the writer just didn't give him enough to make the 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 page really pop. And uh, I sincerely doubt that the artist had any say in how this was plotted out. I I, I can't imagine how how the the Disney people are, are slaving over anything that happens within these within these pages because they want to probably make a movie out of it, um, because they could they could CGI everyone and just make a new one. I mean, there's like there's been enough dialogue they could piece it together or just get them to redo the voices or someone that sounds like them, like the like like a like that first um, uh, Final Fantasy movie which I really loved even though everyone hated it. Um, mm. Uh, even even with uh, even I, I I still appreciate the um, online push for Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker and Millie Bobby Brown as Princess Leia. Though I feel like the age difference there is obviously enormous, but they ha- they are they look so similar in a lot of respect to Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher at certain ages. Uh, you know she might get a growth spurt. Who knows. <laughs> uh, who's this She'll probably pig- be a lot taller. <clears throat> who's this pig nose guy that that finds the 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 original Anakin lightsaber? Was he like sitting in the background and the Force arises? No, those or, are or, or awakens. Those are uh, the those are more or less the natives of Bespin. They live at a certain level of the atmosphere or of the moons of Bespin or something like that. I don't know. Somebody could look it up on the Wikipedia. Uh, they, remember remember when Han gets frozen, there are those little dudes yeah. in the carbon freeze? That's who these guys are. Now, now help me out with Bespin here. 
Uh, Cloud City. It's is there a purpose why it's floating? Is the whole is yeah it a, is it a water because world? it's a gas giant. It's a gas planet. So oh. there are varying levels of the atmosphere that allow, that are breathable, and that's why these characters could walk around on the outside of it. Also, you got a question when it's a gas giant. What's the what's the actual diameter of this planet? You know how big Jupiter is in relation yeah. to Earth and everything else in our solar system. So you could have pockets of breathable atmosphere for a massive percentage of certain species that would maybe just roll around the planet like as a continent, like the big red spot or something on Jupiter for decades, if not generations. Uh, and then the opportunity to exploit it is what it is. Now, the reason why, why what it is, is it's a, a Tabana gas mining operation so <clears throat> there are supposed to be multiple orbital platforms. I'm not going to say orbital. They're within the atmosphere, but they are hovering, and they are sc- scooping in. Somehow they're, like, absorbing or scooping or sucking in and then diffusing this gas to to create or attach hydrocarbons or separate something from the molecular structure of this gas to create Tabana gas. I don't know if that's a name brand. I don't know if that's the, an actual gas in their reality or their part of the universe or what, what the hell ever. Ultimately the product they're trying to create is blaster gas. So when you're firing your blasters or you are firing your blasters on a starship or something like that, this substance is what you're it's one of the aspects of what you're firing so there you uh, have it and what's uh, what's ridiculous to me is like what the f- you're freezing it in the carbon freeze and you're transporting it in wafers or something like that i don't understand it's dude this is the part of star wars that drives everybody crazy trying to read into the re- the co- the realistic scientific qualities <laughs> of what you can get away from in this don't do it it's like you know, if you want real science, you want something that's based on plausible fact, go to Star, Star Trek. Trek. If you want a story, Star Wars, you know, not, hyperspace doesn't make any sense. They could be on the other side of the galaxy by now. No, what are you, wormhole? What is this, Battlestar Galactica? How far can you actually jump? That doesn't make any sense. Is it Dune? There's no, there's no navigators. I mean, it's just like, what? Star Wars, who the hell knows? The, you're, the, you're, there for the, you're there for the story and the characters. You're not the more, there for the, for the plot. The, the more I look at the artwork here, <clears throat> the more I feel like this this the artists were rushed. Uh, I feel like they don't. I have, do too. I I don't feel like. I mean, the artwork is great. Uh, I great. I'm I'm sure these guys are amazing. But some of the the way they they pace the the panels, uh, like I'm looking at this panel, of Billy. Um, of Lando. Lando. Of mm-hmm. Lando, and it, his his pupils are all wrong. He almost looks snake-like in the eyes. I don't think that was their fault. Uh, the fourth page to the end is, or third page, uh, the, the Leia's taken off in one ship, Luke's taken off in the other. Uh, their talking heads are looking at each other. Uh, the, the placement in this is just very unpleasing to the eye. Uh, I... Not that it's a bad drawing. I feel like the artist didn't have time enough to flesh it out to make it... Uh, I'm not saying I want it to look symmetrical, 
but at least make it exciting in some way. I mean, like, there's no way they're flying that close to each other. And then, and then it gets disjointed at the bottom, and then he's looking up at R2, giving him the instructions. It just, it just, it just doesn't flow. It doesn't work for me. I mean, Luke is, it's astonishing to me that Luke is in his, uh, pilot's fatigues instead of in his actual pilot's uniform. He's not even wearing a helmet in the X-Wing. Correct. So that might be, that might be a failure on their part, but also it's kind of a forced perspective. No, there's no way that those ships are flying that close together, but the X-Wing is a lot closer to us as the viewer than as that, uh, troop transport because, you know that that cockpit can support at least a two-seaters right next to one another in the jump seats. So you know that ship's a lot bigger, and that's why the perspective is a little dicked up. But like, Now, now turn the page and, and, <clears throat> and look at Bespin. Look how only the center of it is modeled and the outside of it is just flat. It is, it's, yeah, it's it, a little, that's a little un- unfortunate because Bespin should look like a gas giant. That looks like, I don't know, is, that, yeah, that's really unsavory. You're right. I, how is it reflecting that much light? L- look, look at all the light it's reflecting around it. And, and then there's, there's little. Oh, it's backlit. That's backlit. And yeah, that's, but that's kind of like you'd be in a very eclipsed fashion to be able to, uh, uh, to do anything with that yeah, at all. But then again, in the rushed fashion, uh, I, I see someone very late at night putting a compass down, and making a circle, and mm-hmm. then ho- and then hoping the uh, the computer effects they use whatever they're doing is going to make it look good look at that shitty line that just frames the the planet look at that just flat ugly line (laughs) yeah there's a lot of different things they could have done there um guys god i mean yeah i mean that that man you know i wasn't even paying attention to that but that stuff because i was i was more or less wading my way through it. I, I started this issue going, we're still on Bespin. We've, <laughs> we've clearly got to revisit yeah. every planet in Star Wars over and over and over again instead of inventing it's, new places. I'm, bro- I'm bored of that. Please. I, I love Cloud City. I love Bespin. It's my favorite place in Star Wars outside of Camino. I love Camino. Oh, also. God, I love, oh, God, but I love like, Camino. Oh, God, I love Camino. But give, like, me, give us more Camino. And and but you're you're exactly correct. Give us more fleshed out Bespin characters. Like let's have some more fun. No, that's not what he was saying. I'm saying I don't need. To, I don't want to go back to any of these planets. I don't want to go to any of these planets for any reason anymore. I don't ever want to see Tatooine again. I thought we would get through an entire Star Wars movie without seeing Tatooine, and we still saw it in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Every freaking planet has to be some kind of like arid climate. It just it's really boring. Uh, you know, at least they went, when they went to Canto Bite, I was like, hey, look, a fun place. And then we're, like, supposed to feel like dicks because, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's just whatever you're going to do with that movie anyway. No. But, like, they never go to cool cities. They never go to any place. I mean, yeah, you go to Coruscant here, there, and whatever. But, uh, you know, it's no. just, it's, the, it's, instead of spending the money to make it a, make a fascinating place, they always plug us back into the... Whatever. I'm just complaining about it as I, as I have. Agreed. Now, uh, before I forget, Jesus Saiz, you're a great artist. I really feel like they're rushing the shit out of you, and I know that you know that you could have done better because they didn't give you enough goddamn time. Now, uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna make all these artists and writers or keep Charles Slade just pumping out story after story, uh, give the artists some time. Hell, give each issue to a different artist. There's a standard. 
that has been set forth in the Kieran Gillian comics uh, that, uh, but at the same time, though, there's not enough stills of Star Wars characters for them to superimpose a photo and then digitally draw over it. Uh, Jesus Saiz did his best to draw everything as best as he could, and they, it looks like Luke, it looks like Leia. Uh, Charles Soleil, um, argue some more with these assholes, because, come on, how many more issues or, or, or six-issue storylines of Star Wars where they're going to go to a different planet that we we either know or don't know, and Leia's going to get in some distress, and then... Uh, their plan is going to go wrong, and then they're going to fix it in one quick issue, and then... Uh, oh, that's not going to happen. Everything's always going to get drawn out into four to six issues. God, I'm just saying the formula. It's, it's the same formula. We've, we're, we're uh, that's rebellion. been my complaint for decades. When you read any of the expanded universe novels from the 90s, like the first time, it was a fascinating thing, you know? Why would all of these characters constantly be operating all together they're not the they're not the starship enterprise crew you know they don't necessarily belong all together it makes sense that luke would be off doing his own thing it makes sense that leia was you know a senate leader and mon mothma was the president it makes sense that han is hanging around with chewy not knowing what to do with themselves you know looking after maybe raising the kids because leia's got a real job and General Solo needs <laughs> yeah. a mission to go out and do something. And it's like... That's funny. Because he's not going to go be a smuggler again. Oh, wait. No, that's what we decided to do. To ruin everything. I, I hate the movies yeah. for that. You know, let's ruin everything that they fought for. And then scatter them to the four winds. So, but it, me- it makes sense for them to be like off on their own thing. So when you read expanded universe novels, it seemed like more often than not the plot was... These guys are going to go off and go do this thing. This person's going to go do there, go do this. That person's going to go do this. They're all going to find one part of a clue that leads them to the bad guys. The bad guys are going to do something somewhere. Everybody ends up in the same place, and it's like, hey, what's up? Oh, my God, I can't believe you're here. we got to fight the bad guys. What do you know? I know this. Oh, okay, that makes sense. You know that. Oh, no, we got it. Okay, cool, and then I got the detonators. Okay, let's go blow them up. I mean, that was... The plot in every expanded universe novel, they did it in, and it and even when it was like the trilogy novels, Timothy Zahn started it. It was great, and then they just kept doing it. Children of the Jedi, uh, the New Rebellion, um, Dark Saber, even the Dark Jedi Academy trilogy books. It hurts just listening about it. (laughs) And that's the thing is that I like those stories. I really appreciate those books because in the end. Yes, the Empire still existed, but they were a fraction of what they were. And they still controlled the core worlds because that was where they had their main grip, you know. It's like the Taliban. You can't get rid of the fucking guys. And they are going to control part of part of the country, and you're going to keep hitting them and hitting them and hitting them, and then you're going to have to make a deal with them in the end. And what did they do? In the end, they incorporated the Empire into the New Republic, and they said, okay, cool, we operate with Star Destroyers now. And no, you're not Stormtroopers anymore. We're not going to see that armor, but you guys are going to be part of our military. It's an amazing concept. You know, we need the Empire to fight the Yuvang Lang or the Yuzhong. I can't, I don't know how to say those guys' names, but like, uh, well, it makes you, you need the Empire. It's it got to be that way. It makes sense. It was, if, it, if you wanna, that was true peace. If you want to make change, you're Constantine incorporating uh, Christianity into pagan society. 
changing, mm-hmm. changing. Uh, it's Rome, man. Yep. Changing it's your getting, holidays. Yeah, you know. Well, let's move on. I'm, I'm. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, give me some uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, brother. Oh, that this was a, this was interesting. Okay, so this is a number one. Let me find my issue here. Uh, that is not it. Why, why, why is this not? Okay, Falcon Winter Soldier. Right, we got this killer little frequent piece in the beginning. It was very John Wick. You've got uh, you've got Bucky the Winter Soldier hanging out by himself in his Nowheresville little house, just meditating and doing his thing. And he's got a cat. And then a bunch of dudes in SWAT team gear show up and start trying to kill him, and he just beats the crap out of everybody. Then he's like, "Okay, well, I got to go figure out why this happened." Turns out he's involved in an organi- with an organization that's keeping an eye on uh, all of this stuff that happened when uh, when Hydra collapsed recently, and that's and that he is kind of they've got the screws in him because he because uh, uh, he was the Winter Soldier, and they're like, "Okay, as part of your recognizance or whatever." You have to work for us to eliminate these bad guys when they appear. And uh, he doesn't have a problem with that because he's a special ops type of dude. Meanwhile, Falcon gets involved in this whole thing, and he has an issue with it because he doesn't like Bucky's methods necessarily. And, um, of course, these are two guys who have been Captain's America at one point or another. Uh, and, uh, they, they don't, exa- it's, it's, it's like, like that, uh, it's like the early way they advertised Miami Vice, you know? Uh, it's gonna be these two rough and tumble cops who f- take down the bad guys when they aren't fighting each other, you know? That was just, that's what, that's what this book is gonna be, and I hope it works out, because it's, it's interesting enough, and the personality clash is very exciting. Uh, Derek Landy is the writer, uh, Federico Vincenti. Vincenti is the artist. Uh, Matt Mila is the color artist. G- VC's Joe Caramagna was on this one. Uh, and uh, Dan Mora and David Curiel were the primary cover artists. Um, I think the thing that's interesting is that they invented a couple of little characters in this that knew immediately that Sam Wilson, the Falcon, can talk to birds or has an empathic response to birds and i was like wait a minute now is that technology or is that a power that i've never understood that he had do you know the answer to that i have no idea brother i have no idea yeah that kind of came out of nowhere but it kind of makes i mean why not if you're gonna have sea guy doing it or uh you know aquaman talking to creatures of the ocean then why the hell wouldn't you know sam wilson be able to talk to birds somehow and then that vastly expands his powers. Like, it would be astonishing for him to just be like the Beastmaster or something and just be like, okay, no, I can see what all of those birds see over there, and that's why I can can track where this villain is going or whatever, you know? Oh, I got him over on 5th and 63rd or some shit like that. Anyway, so, uh, you know, they go and they check out this gal who didn't get killed at the office. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> didn't and, get yeah, I mean, it's just, and it's like, why didn't you go to work today and get killed like everybody? Uh, because the same bad guys who attacked Bucky attacked this office and nailed everybody. Uh, she's like, I was hungover and blah, blah, blah. And so she's able to do a lot of remote from work home type of stuff and help them try to sort out what they're dealing with. 
what is the name of this organization that they that they've been helping out? And it's also kind of fascinating because they were she they were like, okay, we're going to turn you over to some superhero types to make sure that you're safe because we're really not going to be able to trust the cops and the FBI to be able to look after you. Nope. Um, uh, the OFU. What does that stand for? Where, where, where was it? I didn't just like write it down or anyways. The Office of Federal Utilities, which is just like it's kind of a sham <laughs> name, you know. But like um, like, like the Office of uh, of uh, Pesticides. What was it for Weapon X? It was the uh, God. It was. The, it was uh, <laughs> I don't even remember. Like there was there was some bullshit sham uh, government organization like the, uh, the Office. <laughs> I don't of, recall. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. Got yeah, it. I'm pissed. I can't remember. <laughs> Well, this kid shows up, this like teenager shows up at the house and she, and the dude is like this little milk toast blonde kid. He looks like he could be Johnny Storm and he's got bracelets on both hands and he's got a plaid shirt that uh, it's such a it's such a design for this guy. He's not showing up in a superhero outfit. He's wearing his probably like express jeans. He's got a purple sweater <laughs> that he's wearing on the outside of a button front collared shirt with the sleeves rolled up and with his collar pulled out and uh it's like green mint plaid and i'm looking at this guy and i'm like okay what the hell but he shows up and he's got such a such a nice personality he's like oh my gosh it's the falcon and the winter soldier oh my god i'm so pleased to meet you i'm a huge fan i love anybody that's been captain america but i've got to kill you and uh his his code name is he's the natural and he just beats the crap out of both of them. <laughs> the natural. Like, yeah, it's kind of fascinating. Like, in the end, like, they can't lay a finger on him. He's just so good and he's so fast. So hopefully he's like the spawn of Taskmaster or something like that. Or maybe he's a uh, an, an adaptoid and, or something like that. But they're just like, this kid is defeating the crap out of us. And then he basically, it's kind of, you brought up Seven earlier. The movie Seven. Right. And this guy gives them their lives. He's like, you know, I'm supposed to kill you, but it's up to me, really, if I'm going to do it. And uh, I'm not going to do it, but the next time I meet you, I'm going to kill you. And that's kind of what it is. Like, I'm giving you your life. That's what uh, Kevin Spacey did to uh, Brad Pitt in that movie. Yep. So, I don't know. Like, they've got to go after him. And it's a question of whether or not he's going to leave this young lady uh, behind. And... Um, I don't know, just I'm, I'm compelled to keep reading it. There's no reason not to. It's, it's like I say, the, the buddy, the grinding buddy dynamic between Sam and, and Bucky is really cool. And then this character, to invent a completely new character, I think is a very gutsy thing in any Marvel comic because of the whole licensing issue. But um, what it really boils down to is, the, everything needs to have new characters. Like I said, we're constantly complaining about them not developing new characters and going back to the same Mole Man and the same Magneto. We've killed Magneto a dozen times. It right. doesn't make any sense. Hey, a new bad guy, compelling in some fashion. It would be interesting to see this guy come and go and then come back and be like, hey, I'm the natural and I do have a costume now. And like, I, I, let's develop this. Why not? We need a character like that. And if he isn't an adaptoid, and if he isn't son of Bullseye, and if he isn't the son of Taskmaster, all the better. He can be, a, he can be an experiment that comes out of uh, AIM or HYDRA. I don't care. Or if he was just born this awesome. 
You know, at least in Jessica Jones, like we talked about in our last uh, our last issue of the Minefields, was the the business of that girl Dia, and then her with her like probability altering wish powers, basically. Awesome! She's basically Michael Korvac or a Beyonder or something like that. It's a new character with a new power set. I bet we never see her again. But it would be amazing to see her again and her to not be a villain or whatever. But unfortunately, that's, uh, you know, we know what the MO of that book is. Right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I can do something and I keep forcing everybody out. And then in the end, I go and I call Carol Danvers and she comes in and helps me save the day. Like, that's, that is boring. Please don't let this book get bogged down in the same recurring plot concept. The, you're on book one. Don't let that happen, okay? But, like, do something with this guy. Let him survive somehow. Let him disappear. Bucky and Sam Wilson going around and kicking ass and doing cool stuff together and not liking each other and eventually finding a grudging relationship. I'm down. That's a great story right there. And, of course, you've got an MCU movie coming out. What a great way to strike before the iron is hot instead of just being like, oh, yeah, hey, people who can't go see movies for six months... Uh, this new movie came out, and like you can just be, a, you can get on the bandwagon this early. Way to go! School book, school book. Are you digging the buddy relationship? I mean, like, are they pulling it off in, in a in a different fashion than what we usually see? Oh no, not yet, not yet. They haven't even they they they, they don't even want to work together. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's like a classic Lethal Weapon stuff. I mean, before they really oh my god, yes. Please, it's totally Lethal Weapon stuff. The thing that my mother and I have always... She loves Lethal Weapon. And, you know, she doesn't like foul language, and she 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 doesn't mind, you know, violent movies and stuff like that. But, like, she's always liked Lethal Weapon. We've seen Lethal Weapon evolve as a series and then... Uh, or as a franchise. And then the TV series was really, really good, and it's really unfortunate that it got canned, you know? Especially after they brought Sean William Scott in there. I didn't even get to watch those episodes because I didn't have cable suddenly, and I don't even know if it, I gotta check to see if that's on streaming. I really should finish that series. I wonder if it's on. Hulu. But like, dude, I yeah, let's absolutely check that out. But um, I've got to say, you know, that series was was pretty fun, and I really appreciated it. Uh, and if you didn't know, Minefielders, why the show had a sudden flip and a reversal. The guy who was I can't remember the actor's name. The guy who was playing Riggs was uh, apparently a very aggressive person with a lot of kind of bad personality traits. Damon and Damon uh, Damon Wayne Damon Wayne Damon Wayne's got injured on one or two on on an episode that the guy playing Riggs whose name I can't come up with Sean William Scott. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't Sean William Scott. That a different guy. Um, oh, uh, he was. Uh, if you'll look it up, I'll keep carrying on with the story. Yeah, but um, it's all on Hulu. Just Wikipedia. Uh, the guy was directing some episodes and he wasn't taking some safety considerations into consideration that needed to be done. Damon Wayne's got injured in some capacity, some stunt people, there was explosions and like some of the gunfight stuff did not go down properly. They were like, no, this we can't have this. They just out they just wrote him out of the show. Clean Crawford. I don't remember if he got Clean, Clean Crawford, unfortunately. Clean up your act. Come back to Hollywood. Do the best you can. All the, I wish all the best for you. Thank you for not getting anybody killed. Like as an IATSE guy, me, as a union man, safety considerations are the absolute principal feature. We cannot have 
people dying on set. It does happen. I think somebody probably dies every year. You'll hear about a stunt performer, or you'll hear about a person who wasn't in extraordinary health who has an incident on set and falling out. I mean, these things... But, like, the things that can be avoided must be avoided. And uh, I've gone off on a whole tangent right now, guys, I know, but, like, as a person who does this for a living, take every consideration. Don't get rushed. Don't get pushed. And if it's not going to work... I would rather somebody throw their career away for saying no because you will get picked up again by somebody else when you stand your ground and do the right thing. Anyway, that's what we were talking about the grinding buddy aspect. They have any, this is issue number one of this book, and it has not got there yet. Like, when I talk about pacing yourself, that's what I want to see. I want to see them disliking each other and being forced to work together for, like, six issues and then finding a similarity and then blah, 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 developing it. It's got to be developed so it can get to your second season of Miami Vice where these guys are finally like, no, you know, I trust you and blah, blah, blah. And it'll, it'll work out. Like, this is Miami Vice, man. It is Lethal Weapon. And it's, 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 it's like what I was saying. Like, dude, that's what I appreciate about this, too. There, at no time does anybody question anything about, like, race. Man. Because Sam is, Sam and, you know, because cause Sam is black and Bucky is white. Lethal Weapon. It's the same business. Man, I, it's awesome. I hope Nobody ever did anything about race on that, on that show. I hope they do that yeah. with, and, uh, I hope they do that with, uh, the, the TV show, man. What the, sorry, what? I said, I hope they do that with the TV show, man. Like, uh, if, if the comic is this good as a comic, imagine how well they're going to pull it off with such expert actors like Sebastian Stan and uh, the guy oh, who lost yeah. Eminem and... Uh... Anthony Mackie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mackie. Yeah. Have you seen... Oh, my God. I'll tell you this. I know it's super dorky, and I know they're just pulling it from the DVD featurettes, but whenever you watch... Uh, if you guys happen to be watching, like, FX or F- FXX or whatever... And they're running Winter Soldier. They always talk about Anthony Mackie being the most popular guy on set, and they'll 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 show these sequences like everybody will be de- depressed or they'll be a little bit what's what's going on, man? Why is everything done? Yeah, when does Mackie come back? When do we get Mackie back here? <laughs> and he has this whole thing where he he just has this like life affirmation quality where he whenever he knows he nails something, he just goes cut the check. Man, every time I've seen that, because they'll do it as a bumper before commercial break or in a commercial break, and it always cracks me up whenever I see that. He'll, like, just, they're like, okay, action, and he'll just, like, slide down something, and he's like, nailed it, cut the check, and, like, everybody loves that. I I would love to meet Anthony Mackie. Mm. Dude. So good. All right, so... I feel irresponsible if I tell anyone about Undiscovered Country, especially because you haven't read it yet. I'm going to tell you about... No, go for we're, it, man. No, we're, we're doing issue number five, written by Scott Snyder and Charles Chalet, art by Giuseppe mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Camoncoli and uh, Leonardo Marcelo Grassi, lettering by Matt Wilson, lettering by Crank, uh, cover A by... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Crank! Uh, by Crank! It's always got an yep. exclamation point at the end, if you guys didn't notice that. Guys... Um, try to personify this in words. What? You could, that's not how that works. You could, <laughs> personify in words. 
Hmm. Yeah, I noticed it, it didn't work the second it came out of my mouth. <laughs> all, I, hey, what is this? Dude, do you remember Sniglets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, Sniglets. If you guys don't know, it's words for things that there just doesn't seem to be a word for. And so there was a whole, I remember, was it, was it SCTV on HBO in the 80s? SCTV was, uh, I thought SCTV was on, uh, was on PBS back in the 80s. It was not necessarily the news. Is that it? No. That, I don't know where no, Sniglets no, came no, from. SCT, I'm sorry. SCTV was the... Uh, uh, SCTV, that's uh, Second City TV. That was from Canada. That's where right. we got John, John Candy and they sharked Gilda Radner and uh, Eugene, oh, yeah. Eugene Levy. Um, the, okay. The, the thing sorry, the point, the, the, the point I'm trying to make about Sniglets is that, like, what we've got... We, there has to be a word... For knowing that the string of words you just put together is exactly not the right thing as soon as you said it. Yep. Like, it's just that moment where you're just, like, dying inside, hoping nobody notices. Yep. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll, anyway, I'll, sorry. I'll fess up. Uh, I have to use a word... <laughs> I have to use a word that I drastically do not want to use, but it's the best way to put it. This is surreal art. This is surreal writing. It's not Dadaist, where, uh, mm. you know, like, obviously the first thing most people think of when they think Dadaist is the, the urinal just hung up as art. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Um, this is surreal art. Rather than the, they're trying to infiltrate America to get, uh, the United States, sorry, that's uh, been walled off. Uh, the brother is revealing to the sister, I've had revelations, dad's alive. Shut up. Just just trust me. And she's refusing and refusing and refusing and she's causing she's not she's doing that uh she's doing that thing from Die Hard, like quit being part of the problem and start being part of the solution. He's trying to tell her that and she's being a, a whiny, petulant little kid. And I'm saying surreal. I mean, like, they're not riding horses or they're not riding dune buggies. They're riding... Oh, that's right. They're, yeah. ri they're riding modified Mad Max dune buggies that are being, uh, uh, instead of being pulled by horses, by these mythological hammerhead sharks that are diving through the sand like it's water. Uh, the, 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 the men that are after them, the way it's designed, uh, the way it cuts back and forth, is it a dream? Is, is it... Is it real? Um, what time was this? Uh, they don't they don't disjoint time the way like a time travel comic will will really kind of mess with you when you, you feel like you got to have the last three issues on hand in order to read the the this next issue because you got to flip back and be like okay what did I miss? Uh, it's not like that. It, it's it's surrealistic in a good way. Seeing a a a, a, a modified uh, space shuttle from the 80s being, uh, like, I don't, is it, are they, it's got two Zeppelins. <laughs> it's, it's, it's being yeah, carried right? by, it's being carried by two Zeppelins. You don't know who the good guys are. You don't even know if the good guys are the bad guys or, like, it's, it'll really toy with you. Um, from where we're going so far, we're getting to see some really fun things, like, like, the, the way you would as a child. Like, when, if someone told you right now, that you had the opportunity tomorrow to drive a fire truck. The four-year-old kid in you is going to freak out. <laughs> it's I'd get a little excited, yeah. Yeah, it's going to freak out. And we've got trains. We've got... There's a lot of fun things in here. It's difficult to explain. You're going to have to reread it. I hope they do it in six-issue jolts. And 
each uh, six issue jolts, so not so they can put out a you know a half assed graphic novel of six six issues for twenty bucks. Uh, just give us some time to digest. That's all I'm asking the the writers on this one and, and the mm-hmm. artists. Give mm-hmm. us some time to digest, and we'll we'll have a good time. Give us a, a, a twelve issue series on this one uh, for per story arc because Charles Soleil said you know we're we, we're looking to go really far out on this like it reminds me of um east of west um i I know you didn't read that one if if any minefield has read east of west uh you'll know what i'm talking about in terms of like how the history's in the back couple pages and it's not uh extraneously um tiresome to read every little bit is easily slaved over have some fun the color palettes are amazing uh I, I can go on and on, but like this is one. The I color palettes are really good on that. I, I, it would be an injustice to you to tell to to give you a spoiler on this one, guys. So just uh, uh, we're on issue six. I'm sorry, five. Um, have some fun. Um, call your comic store. Hopefully they still have them, and uh, they'll be able to. Uh, you probably won't be able to go into the store, but if so, uh, they. Most comic stores, from what I understand, are doing uh, drop-offs. Like, you can come and they'll come out and bring it to you. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. In, uh, mm-hmm. You know, pay online and they'll take care of you. Uh, most comic shops, are they'll mail it to you now. They're, they're doing everything to stay in business. This isn't one of those things where we're in some sort... Like, you know when, like, you, you're... You've been in a scene before. The dance scene, the punk rock scene, the metal scene... And you, you see your friends are always like, support local artists. Okay, I would love to support local artists. But it's not my business to pay their bills uh, for some shitty punk rock band. Uh, like, it, that's not how it works. Uh, I will pay $100 to go see Tool. Not because I'm some sellout, but I know I'm going to get a great show. Um, if I'm guaranteed a great show, awesome. Comic book stores are a guaranteed source of joy and strength and uh, imagination uh, you will find what you're looking for if you just wander around. The right book will speak to you. These places matter, and the people that run them matter, and they slave over it, and they do their best job to treat you well, to remember your name, to make sure that they're not trying to sneak things into your pool box. Uh, they'll let you know, like, hey, uh, don't want to do this to you, but like, uh, like at Muse Comics, I brought this up uh, last year. Where uh, no one's ever, if you put, if you tried to sneak something into my pool bin, I'm gonna be pissed because mm, I, hate, yeah. I, I, I hate salesmen. But um, we were doing a uh, Muse Comics here in the Springs. Uh, Amanda and George, I love you guys. Hope you're listening. Uh, they used to do a thing on Wednesdays where uh, Gunther, uh, the Goons, who were working on a comic together, uh, would earlier in the afternoon he would do an art sh- uh, an art class for kids. And their parents, you know, just, we'll make a quick comic. We'll show you how to do it. Here's here's the stuff to do it. Have some fun. But afterwards, all the local artists would show up, and we would all sit and have a powwow, but we're writing on how we're drawing it. And we'd sit there and draw, and Amanda and George would feed us, like, buy, like, a stack of, like, um, uh, pizzas, some Little Caesars. We could go help ourselves to the Cokes, uh, the Pops. Yeah. Uh, or they would even have some vegetables, like a veggie tray, just in case someone didn't eat pizza or was vegan, mm-hmm. and we'd sit there talking, and uh, uh, I was sitting there talking to uh, a now defunct enemy of the store that just, man, that was such a disappointment how much this guy would just shit on the place. It was not a good thing. 
But his boyfriend uh, was one of the, the guys that uh, was there drawing with us. And uh, he had a new uh, book, and I look at it, and it's a small hardcover book. And it's it was it was the collection of all of Becky Cloonan's uh, independent comics that she self-published and wrote, inked, drew, published herself, like Wolves. Um, it was all of those things. And it was a hardband copy, and I was like, where did you get that? And then Jordan, his boyfriend, who was the, the their helper at the time, was like, don't worry. Yeah. George, George, George knows how much you love Becky Cloonan. There's one in your box already. And I was like, excuse oh, me? Oh, nice, okay. He's like, ex- I was like, excuse me? He's like, we know how much you like Cloonan. They weren't trying to sell me something. They were simply providing me something I could not live without. Like, they, they knew I would be up the walls if I, if I couldn't get my hands on that. It's impossible to find that thing right now, uh, the original one, unless someone's selling it for like 80 bucks. Um, but I cherish that. that I, I got it signed by Cloonan when I met her at Denver Comic Con back in, like, I want to say 2014. And it, it, it meant the world to me that they knew it mattered to me that much. They, did, they, they weren't looking for a sale. They, they were looking to make sure I was happy and fulfilled as a comic collector and someone that appreciates good art. Yeah, man. And that is why these people are so important. And that is why uh, it, it, if there's holes, if there's holes in your store, if you've got the cash and uh, you're not on furlough, you haven't been, you know, your uh, server. I was a server for so long, uh, and all of a sudden you don't have a job anymore. Or you don't know when you're going to go back to work. Uh, if you got the cash. And your look, take the time to uh, make a list of all the holes in your collection. Call them up. They might still have them. They'll collect them for you. They will walk out to your damn car to give it to you after, you know, you ordered it online. That way there was no touching or whatever and you, you feel like you haven't, you know, broken some rule or anything like that while you're going to get a, you know, what groceries you can find. These people matter. Sorry, I went on a huge bleeding heart tangent. But that Is matters that right? to me. Uh, Matt Price at Speeding Bullet. Um, God, uh, the the guys at the Iron Lion uh, here in uh, Colorado Springs, too. Um, I can go on, but uh, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. <clears throat> you getting booty called? No, uh, there was a uh, there was a there was a screen up that I. I was trying to shut the thing down, and it, I tapped it, and it automatically started playing the music or whatever. Have you watched any? You get online, and you you've got any material at all, and you t- and there's always these like weird little things showing Asian people in China, I guess Chinese people in particular, working in factories and doing stuff, and they're like scooping the crap out of stuff really really fast and they're they're just like effortless eff- just like doing stuff with no effort that is machine like in its speed yeah and then you accidentally tap it and it plays some goofy music you've you've never even considered <laughs> uh yes it doesn't take much no i'm getting text messages like crazy because i've got people asking me about this material i need to uh see if i can figure it out and um I came into I did the uh, I did the uh, tornado movie last year and I made a major deal with a deactivated medical clinic a surgery center so that we got a bunch of expired products um, and stuff that had been on the shelves for years 
and uh, I ended up buying it myself. I mean, I don't know how many thousands and thousands of dollars worth of material this was, but they were expendables. It wasn't equipment. And uh, they needed to get the material out of that facility and into the hands of somebody that would do something with it. And I was like, I'll take it. I'll, I ended up buying it. So it would be part of my prop collection. So then the, uh, the, you know, the media is just flipping out right now saying, you know, we need N95 respirator masks and we need gloves and all this stuff. So I was like, I got to go to my prop lockup and see if uh, I have a load of that stuff. I feel like I should. So I went in there and looked at it and I found some materials and I donated it yesterday. And then I realized that uh, I had, um, I probably have a lot of these tubes that you connect to ventilators. Now, I don't know. I, turns out we, we can't get a hold of any ventilators. And I know they're talking about that. Man, I'll tell you what. I mean, the idea of getting immediate pneumonia and needing a machine to be able to keep your lungs functioning is kind of horrifying. But then you have the expendables, so that you need to attach to it and you can't reuse, you don't want to reuse that stuff, but I feel like you ought to be able to find a way to sterilize that. Anyway, so it turns out I've got a, I probably have a bunch of those. So I'm trying to rig up. I, somebody was texting me about rigging up another opportunity to go there and, and see if I can collect those things. And accident, they, they sent it through Facebook's messenger. So I accidentally clicked that thing and it started playing one of those goofy songs from China, China, Hmm. Good story, bro. Cool story, bro. So, what have we got left? We've I got, have... Uh, we've got Guardians. What is That's it? the last Guardians. one. Yeah, let's whip through Guardians. Um, what is this? Guardi this is Guardians issue three. Give me some credits, uh, bro. What's, what's, the, what's the legacy yeah. number on that son bitch? Uh, 165? Nice. Kind of shocking. I feel like they did at least 100 issues in the 90s, and then the Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning books, and then all of the Bendis books, and blah, blah, blah. I feel like they would be far past this. I feel like we should be in the two or three hundreds or something, but whatever. Uh, Al Ewing did, uh, Ewing did the script. Um, my goodness, we have four different pencilers on this, and four similarly but it's, different inks. It's distinctive. It's distinctive. But it works in this. Yeah. Uh, Nina Vekuvina, Chris Sprouse, Balin Ortega, and Juan Cabal are the pencilers. They are also the inks, with the exception of Chris Sprouse switching out for Carl Story as an inker. Uh, Federico Blee is the colorist, and VC's Corey Pettit is the letterer. Tell me what immediately hit you about the first few pages of this. Writers were sub challenge, brother. We're talking about telling Boom. A, we're telling a we're telling a whole st uh, half of the story from Groot's perspective, getting to actually hear Groot, but everyone else is saying I am Gamora, I am Gamora and then having to figure it out while you're explaining to the artist how to tell the story through uh, visual representation. And just yeah, without, it's it, amazing. It, it's, it's not comedic that it's not a comedic thing. I am. Gamora. Oh, this is the highest drama scene I've experienced in comics in a while. I am Gamora. Like I am Gamora in, in the way she's looking at, at rocket. I am rocket. I am rocket. And the fear in his eyes. And when she lays the smack down in his ass. Um, oh yeah. She bloodies his nose big time. 
And he yeah, took following it, he, the events of the most recent it. book, where a bunch of characters got their asses beat nasty fighting these gods, uh, this you know Hercules and Rocket get back to Half World where they've been hiding out, and uh, they're the only two that make it back. <clears throat> that, that hurt, man. It hurt. Yeah, Gamora was furious. It hurt, but uh, uh, dude, the, then get into the next piece of this. She's in a mental existentialism. Asylum. <laughs> yeah, her existentialism, big time though. Hold on, let me get, let me go, let me get. I, we'll I, get to that. Go Don't ahead. forget Drax trying to figure out whether or not he's actually Drax. Oh, that that uh, that was the pure existentialist. Uh, breakdown. I gotta say, the only r- true thing that I really appreciated about this recent Infinity Gauntlet nonsense that happened last uh, early last year was that Drax, in the end, like formed up or separated or whatever he did, and peaceably retired by by reconstituting himself as Arthur Douglas, the saxophone player, back on Earth. And getting his life back because the gauntlet allowed for that or one of the infinity gems or whatever the hell, the soul stone. I don't know. But what it really amounts to is that the Drax we have now came from this recent event where they were dealing with the Universal Church of Truth and Drax was cloned by them. So it begs the question if this Drax that they have is actually Drax and then simultaneously... Moondragon, his daughter, shows up and questions it the same way. Because is she actually Moondragon? And is he actually her father? And uh, because she's from another reality. And I really do like the um, one page, the splash page of Rocket with the gun and his and his uh, Andy Lanning costume. And then... Phylavel and Moondragon fighting and seeing that Phyla because you know she's gone before she turned into Martyr. Actually, I can't tell if that's her Martyr costume or her Quasar costume we're looking at. But anyway, I mean, it's it's so weird seeing these characters these days because we know they're from the alternate reality of that collapsed black hole. But dude, it was massively existential. This whole issue is massively existential. Am I him? Am I a memory of him? Uh, exactly, and, and then and then with the daughter, like, and, and who who am I? Like, I, I'm I'm looking at the per- perfect version of myself when in battle, living and loving with the perfect version of the love I lost. What does that say about me? Even if she's from another dimension, I mean, how would you feel if you met a mirror universe version of yourself that was the perfect version of you, and like like to a base extent, like like in the movie Twins. When Danny DeVito realizes, <laughs> yeah. realizes that, yeah, they're twins, but he's the perfect version of me, and I'm all the shit that... Oh, it was, that was a hard piece to take uh, right there. Yeah, I'm all the shit that, that they pulled out of him. And uh, and and the way that the, the two connected, whether or not they're right or wrong, we'll figure it out together. As father, yeah. father and daughter. That was a wonderful thing. Um, but it's beautiful. And now, you know what? I'm actually seeing the difference in all of these pencilers being involved because all of the depictions of Arthur Douglas playing his instruments are uh, are um, 
definitely by somebody else. And then these, this sequence with uh, Gamora wondering about Peter, you can tell that's different work. But yeah, we've, man, got, the, we, we've got... It's all through uh, memory. We've got a fun uh, additional thing here at the end. We've got uh, a rabbit character. Now, I do need to differentiate <laughs> this because I feel like it's my duty to help y'all figure this out. In DC Comics, we've got Captain Carrot. Uh, the latest incarnation right. I saw him was in the multiverse <clears throat> uh, storyline that Grant Morrison wrote. It's kind of disjointed. It's kind of hard to read. Do your best. Um, we've got this guy, Blackjack O'Hare. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) i thought it was going to be bucky o'hare for a minute yes we'll uh, we'll, we'll get to bucky in a minute um the difference with bucky o'hare bucky o'hare was created by larry hama uh from continuity comics from continuity comics and then and if that pops in your mind anyone that was born in the early 80s that can remember the nintendo game uh konami game bucky o'hare that's right green green rabbit from space uh, kind of one of those wacky characters. I remember uh, when I was playing Star Fox and uh, that rabbit oh, yeah. character was that old dude. I'm like, who's this old ass guy? He's not Bucky. <laughs> and uh, but we've got uh, and, and pull it again. Uh, I gotta I gotta go through my notes to make sure I say it right. Blackjack over here ordering up some mercenaries for this disposed <laughs> de- deposed uh, uh, monarch who is for some reason subservient to him and said, nah, just, you know, call me by my real name. Never call me your highness. I, you're my mentor. I'm just the prince to you. I'm not the king. And, uh, just, okay, we can't do the guardians because we can't have the goddamn raccoon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. No guardians. Gotcha. All right. I'm on the phone. We we got a gig here coming up. And, uh, <laughs> this space beaver guy, <laughs> it's like, uh, we want you to kill a rock and raccoon, and uh, and just the I love when they use. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I hate it, but I really like it when like they like in twenty ninety nine when that what uh, it's shock you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's shock you, buddy. But in this, like the he's looking into space, holding the his space cell phone up to his head. Um, <laughs> that is a very that is a uh, very eighties brick right there. Yep. Flark me backward. <laughs> like it just—it's like okay. So like I think I think Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber like suck me sideways. <laughs> like what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. I think when you get to those movies, they're just trying to invent something on the fly. Uh, dude, the last page of this with the beaver, the business <laughs> <Yeah>. beaver, <laughs> business space beaver. Uh, Whatever they're doing right now, you've got something, you've got a book that's that's so serious, and yet suddenly we have this whole situation with something you're definitely not, nothing about Half-World can be taken seriously. So, well, there you have it. Yeah. But it was a fun book, guys. Uh, this is a good jumping off point if you haven't read Guardians in a really long time. They'll catch you up with what just happened uh, in like a two-issue series, or maybe three? Was it three or two? Uh, I think it was about a two, a two. Yeah, this is probably the third one in that that concludes that mess. Big, uh, but they can't because everything went to hell. Everything got all pear shaped. So you know whatever's going on over there, they're gonna revisit. This is the ramifications of it. Uh, 
you don't kill all of those characters like that, you know, or you just dump them in a black hole and six of them get out or whatever, but whatever, you know, the black hole we're never going to go back and save everybody from, just like the uh, the crashed uh, Latvian jet that, you know, maybe, maybe didn't kill... Mary Jane back in 2000 or whatever, and then the baby, I don't know, whatever. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. They just quit talking about at a certain point, but whatever. That's it, man. That's it, That's man. the work. That's that was, the work right there. That was the business. That was the jazz, guys. We do this for you. We, we hope you... Uh, one thing I really hope you get from our uh, comic recordings or anything we do is to... Some pointers on how to write better, or why something is good, not just because Spider-Man punched someone in the face so hard. <laughs> even though I still uh. love Spidey punching the face really hard, but even then, uh, like getting challenged to to be surprised in a Guardians book, to be challenged with figuring out what the hell's going on with little to no dialogue, um, uh, things like uh, being surprised with a Fantastic Four issue that was little to nothing set up in last issue and delivers hard in just one quick issue and made me appreciate things a lot more uh, as uh, in my own life because uh, that's what the good things do. But that's uh, let us know if uh, there's any books we missed that uh, we can look into further or you felt did the same thing or had some uh, abstract, uh, transcendental... Uh, <laughs> Uh, whatever big words you want to throw at us. Uh, uh, Colin, <laughs> Colin and Josh at minefieldscomicspodcast.com. What do you got left, brother? That's it, man. That's everything. Everybody be safe, be healthy, look after your family, take care of your people in your immediate confines, take care of yourself. If you are freaking out, if you don't like something, if you're worried about something, if you're having a hard time with this, introduce yourself to me. I will talk to you. I have been taking, I've, I've handled a call every day from somebody that I already know who is worried right now. And they just tell me a little bit about it and I just kind of help them out. I, I'm not a clinician. I don't have a, I've got a sociology degree and I am not a licensed therapist, but I will talk to you. And, I'm, I, you know, I, that's where it is. Let me know what you, what's bothering you. We'll figure something out. We'll make something work for you, you know? We will. And uh, this, uh, this, uh, I'll lead us off. Uh, this transmission is over. This is dangerous. Joshua and Michael and Mr. Colin out. <laughs> Take it easy, y'all. Bye.